A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. folks welcome back to another episode of the pole hitter podcast what do you got how you doing it's rob d you can find me on twitter at dead hitter and at pull hitter pod today with me on the podcast mr nick pollock mr pitcherlist himself makes a debut on the pull hitter podcast and it was wonderful we got to talk about all the wonderful things going on at pitcherlist all the work that Nick puts in and the rest of his staff, just tremendous website, tremendous stuff going into the website. A lot of exciting news for the future as well for the website. We going to just Nick's life in baseball, just like we always do with a lot of our guests. How did he end up there? We talk about some of the metrics that they focus on and Nick focuses on on his podcast, CSW Hard Contact Rate, some of the location metrics that he works with. Um, all about how to evaluate pitchers better. And we walk through how to absorb a savant game feed, what to look out for, the numbers we can trust on, the numbers we can kind of avoid and not spend too much time absorbing, in Nick's opinion. We also, you know, just talk about how to scout and observe players through that game feed and pitcher evaluation we go through some roster construction strategies for this year how should we build how should we be building our rosters in 12 league uh, 12 team leagues 15 team leagues draft and holds fab leagues uh, we talk about streaming and how Nick makes an interesting statement he says we're streaming to not stream anymore which is we want to get that pitcher during the season that becomes our year-long cog cog Ugh. What a terrible, terrible word. It doesn't sound right when you say it. Uh, we also talk about when it's time to move on a pitcher, when it's time to cut a guy, when it's time to pick up a guy. What are the things we're looking for when we make those moves? And we talk about things that are actionable in terms of pitcher evaluation and what we might be wasting too much time on. Do we get into some ADP talk? We talk about some players that are clustered together in a similar ADP in between the 154 and the 166 frames in the last 17 draft and draft champions on the NFBC. Chris Bassett, Luis Garcia, Dustin May, Jordan Montgomery, Chris Sal, and Pablo Lopez. We also talk about uh, two Rays pitcher going together, Drew Asmussen and, and, and Springs. And we also talk about some of uh, what Nick thinks may be Wrong ADP sorting at the top of the draft, especially in terms of Spencer Strider, um, Dylan Cease, Brandon Woodruff, that whole cluster around there, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff that's sprinkled, a whole bunch of goodness sprinkled in there. 
Um, Nick likes to talk. I like to talk. So it's just a lot of bouncing back and conversation and good old baseball talk. So I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. I almost forgot to mention, coming up on PitcherList.com, you will find their annual PitcherCon, which will be January 25th to January 28th. It's just a fantastic fantasy baseball and baseball conference put on by wonderful analysts, brilliant minds. You have panels, you have presentations, you have giveaways. 100% of the proceeds goes to the ALS Foundation. PitcherList doesn't keep any of it this year, and that's just fantastic. Every year, you just... It's just brilliant to watch. If you head over to their YouTube channel, you'll get to see the past presentations. And it's just really awesome. It's a really great time to spend on the weekend. Really get into the grind right now of the fantasy baseball season. You'll pick up a lot of excellent tips and player evaluations. So I am super excited to be a part of it. Truly honored that Nick asked me to be a part of it um, this year. He asked me last year as well. I just wasn't in the right state of mind. Um, with my family stuff going on. So, but I'm going to be doing it this year and I'm super excited and, um, hope everyone can be a part of that and help donate to the cause and really, really awesome. So, uh, thank you. Enjoy. Alrighty, folks. Welcome back to the pull hitter podcast. I am Rob D the dead pull hitter. I have a special guest on today. Mr. Pitcher list himself, Mr. Nick Pollock. Thank you for coming, man. How you doing? What is happening? Yeah, it's, it's it's so much fun to do this because both of our hair is ridiculous at the moment. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I know I need to get mine cut. You have to talk to your wife and get it stylized. You got to just do. let her do it. I do. Because I know I'm... she's great at it. Mm-hmm. And she's going to do some wonderful things. You're going to be at PitchCon in two weeks. And I want to see something nice from you, Rob. Oh, okay? it's going to be it's going to be tight for PitchCon. No, 100%. no baseball cap from you. I will not allow any bad luck to happen. No baseball cap. Okay, good. Nothing. Good. Nothing. I want to see, you know, I see my Harry wife... Styles-esque stuff from you. <laughs> no, because my wife had peeked in on your previous pitch cons, and uh-huh. she had pointed out a couple of people. She's like, that's not going to be you in the future. That's see? not going to be you in the future. So I, I have, I'm working on it. The shelves are going up soon. Oh, have, is that have... right? I'm, ex- I'm oh, so excited yeah, by that. Yeah. Stat, um, you know, sign balls, um, bobblehead dolls. I'm, I've been working on mine. W- I know w- everyone w- can't figures. see it. They're listening. No. <laughs> um, actually, I just got a Secret Santa dugout mug. Uh, I they just knew I like baseball, and they all get the same Instagram ads that we do. So, I uh, they're like, oh, dugout mug. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, I've got, I've got one of those now. I it's have a, a very whole hollow. It's very hollow. Have you drank in out of it yet? Oh yeah, I, I had, I had, I, I uh, yeah, at the party, I had water because I'm very responsible and did not want to hang over the next day. Mm-hmm. You gotta be smart. Mm-hmm. Gotta be smart. Um, it works. It's, it, yeah, that's a, that's a mug. It's dug out. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I was doing some, you know, digging up on you, Nick, and I didn't know oh, you were such a. Oh my God. Uh, what? You know, college pitcher. You're you you uh-huh. also have a uh, another full time job. I was looking I at that. Yeah. So tell me what you do besides you know making seventeen podcasts a day and writing four <laughs> <laughs> and, and writing four articles a day. Well, something like that. No. Um. I I I I'm really fortunate. I say this a lot about the the history of pitcher list. Um. It's something that is incredibly lucky and fortunate and it's not a story that i anticipate other be others able to follow because i have a job running a website for a company um, and i've had that job since 2011. Um, and with that time doing that remotely 
I was able to say, okay, cool. I can, I have some empty hours of the day. Like, what do I want to do? And that's what started the whole thing with pitcher gifts. Uh, and I still, uh, I still do that, which has also allowed me to reinvest everything in Pitcherlist back into the site. I don't take a salary at Pitcherlist. Um, and it's why we've been able to go out and license StatCast data for our player pages, yeah. which is just unheard of, right? Right. Um, and then the thing that we're revealing and talking about at PitchCon, which is going to blow you away, Rob, oh um, which is called PLV. And that changes so much. I mean, as a guy who is all about pitching analysis, and it's about, okay, it's not about just, oh, he has a 3.5 ERA and a 3.40 BABIP, so hopefully that BABIP goes down to 3.10, and then he's a better... There's so much more to it than that. I'm always searching and trying to find better ways to articulate players and pitchers and understanding how good they are. And PLV does that tenfold. Um, and I cannot wait to actually talk about it because a lot of times I've been doing pitcher assessments and I haven't been able to tell you why I like someone. <laughs> uh, exactly, because we haven't revealed PLV yet. Um, so in two weeks we can talk about it. But uh, but stuff like that, that I always want to continue what Pitchos is doing and it's because uh, I don't need to take things from I can just reinvest back and really that means this entire staff that we have we have about 100 people at picture list not more um, and they're all wonderful and they're all here for that same goal to create the best baseball site on the internet and without them no, it's, none of it is possible so picture list is built by strangers I often say that's amazing. You've done a wonderful job. Everyone there has done a wonderful done job. They've done an incredible yeah. job. I just, just talk about pitching, and everyone else does everything else, right? Especially <laughs> you see, like, the amount of names in the articles or all the different content that you guys have, and it's just, here's another name, here's another name, and it's like, wow, how many people are working here? It's just, yeah, it's fascinating. They're, all, to hear they're like so different. great. Yeah. And, and everybody's part-time, and that's the thing about it is what's shocking most about it for me is it's not just, like, two, three people that do everything. Um, we have, uh, you know, in season, we have four or five different people doing, say, the batter's box, right? The morning baseball and a reliever ranks, but they're all of quality. I never feel as if one day, oh, it's this person doing it. I don't like that one. I want the other person. No, they all are excellent at it. And um, we all come from the same place of, yeah, we have a job. We have a full-time job that we're not going to stop doing, right? We're a lawyer. We're a teacher. We're all of this, but we have this passion. We have this excitement, this, this desire to talk about this thing we all love and to do it at a place that isn't just going off into the void. It actually is consumed and discussed with other people in our community, especially uh, those uh, who are on our Discord with PO Plus, as you know, Rob. So um, yeah, it's just a wonderful thing that we built with this and we're just really excited for what's ahead. That's really great. That's unbelievable. So tell me about your history in baseball. You grow up, sure. playing it. All oh, that man. fun jazz. I love asking everyone about this because I feel like this is where we learn really like the deep root of people and mm -hmm. how we got into this sport that we crave. Absolutely. Um, I always wanted to be a baseball player. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I was a uh, man back in like Little League, my first I was I was a good hitter. I was like bigger for my for my age when I was younger. Um, so I so like I hit home runs a little bit when I was a kid. And okay. uh, it nice. wasn't until my um, my downstairs neighbor um, who left to go to Texas to be a pitching coach at TCU um, came to visit and taught me how to pitch when I was eight. 
Um, obviously, he didn't teach me everything. It's just like, hey, this is how you pitch, Nick. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. So I did that, and I realized how much I enjoyed I uh, just like, hey, I get to play the game more than anyone else right now. Because uh, I just enjoyed playing it so much. I didn't want to. Yeah, I played first base a lot because I was the only one on my team that my coach trusts me to catch anything. So first <laughs> base was most important with that. And that was the only time that the first baseman calls off the second baseman for a pop-up or something was when I would play first base. Uh, but I love the fact that pitching, like I was involved and I could, every moment was at my pace, you know, and I could figure this out. It was my own game of pitching and getting this guy out. The most satisfying thing ever is taking that strut around the mound after you strike someone out, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and I think probably my, my highlight, I've had a couple highlights when I was younger, but I think when I was 13, I was playing in Little League and I learned how to throw a curveball, which essentially was a slider grip, but just over the top, mm-hmm. but it had more of the, the horizontal movement. And uh, I would just throw like a fastball. I didn't hurt my arm or anything. I just threw it straight over the top. But no one else really knew it in this Little League. It wasn't travel. So I literally ended a game, Rob, by throwing this pitch and the kid going over the plate and getting hit in the elbow and strutting to first. And the guy said, no, you're over the plate. You're out. And I struck a guy out by hitting him to end a game when I was 13. That was my time in Little League. Uh, and then, yeah, then I pl- I pitched that, uh, Berkeley Carroll was on um, the same school as Adovino. He was a senior when I was a freshman. <gasps> um, and, uh, yeah, we all knew he was, I remember him throwing like 93 in the gym and I'm throwing like 70 at most. And like, he's just zooming it. I'm like, this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was only a pitcher then really, uh, for high school and, uh, senior year won MVP of my league. And walked on to Brandeis after that because my high school coach did not help me at all. It made me feel ashamed asking like to help me get into a college, which is the worst thing ever. So that's why I never mentioned that coach's name because I don't want him to get any sort of reverence. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I walked on sophomore year to college. They were like, who are you? And I was like, hi, yeah, I pitched this school. You mean the same school as Adovino? And and uh, other guys and like yep and they looked at each other the assistant coach who does scouting like shrugged at the head coach <laughs> i was like are you guys serious like if i really pursued this i could have been pitching freshman year and gotten pulled and all this stuff <laughs> kidding <laughs> um so but that year i i hurt my ankle and i was also like considered like a freshman even though i was a senior so i didn't really get much playing time and uh junior year i was a fireman i was really upset about this I was a starter, man. I had I had all the tools, but I was the only one who could throw strikes. So I was a fireman, and I pitched in 24 of 41 games. I think it was one shy of the school record um, that year. And my elbow was so messed up. <laughs> I had the worst mechanics, Rob. Like, the worst. They were, they were just so bad. And I only topped out at, like, at, on my best day, like, 83. I probably sat, like, 79, 80 with a filthy split change and just two seamers inside all day. And they just ground out to third. And that was, that was that easy. That's why I love two seamer O swing. It's like my favorite thing ever. Cause I know that works. <laughs> yeah. That's why Zach Wheeler is ridiculously good. 52% O swing on a sinker is just unheard of anyway. Um, so I did that graduated after senior year. I was like, yeah, I'm done. And then found myself coaching basketball and through that, the travel baseball team with the same rec league so like 70th precinct here in brooklyn um i was doing basketball for them and then some of the parents were like i would really love you to coach our kids for our travel team i was like all right did it with my friend 
he he had to go to New Orleans halfway through, so I pretty much did it, and I had the best time. But man, Rob, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you've ever done this, but 13, 14 year old baseball is the worst. Mm-hmm. It is, oh, man. I, I, it's, I, I enjoy the coaching part. I enjoy working with the kids and all, but it's such a, it, it just, it's not the same. Look, I, I don't even watch like, like minor league games. I can't do it. You know, it, it, I can't, I can't do it. Even watching sometimes the Pirates Reds game is really tough for me. And I'm someone who loves this so much. And a 14 year old game. I mean, there's, it's, it's just a lot. And uh, I realized that um, I gave pitching lessons after that was really the joy of it. So I stopped doing that. And I coached basketball, which is way more enjoyable. Those are so much more fun. Um, but I still had this urge of really talking about this game so much that got, got revitalized and I learned a lot more through coaching and, um, giving these pitching lessons through, uh, through one of my mentors in the system. And yeah. Then I started the site and I just kind of kept going with it. So there's the really short story <laughs> of me and baseball, Rob. There you go. That's a fascinating story. Is it though? <laughs> It is. It is. I love it. I mean, the 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 coaching thing is very difficult for that age. age oh man, range. Um, I'd say the, the best bound visit I had though. There was a kid who always threw strikes, and I coached him in basketball too. So I, you know, I had a good rapport with him. And he came out there. He, he walked a guy in four pitches, and got two and zero oh in the next ones. We went out there. I was like, Isaac, what are you doing? And like the whole team is there, right? The whole, all of the uh, the infield and everything all gathered together. I'm like, Isaac, what's going? What's up, man? And he goes, Oh, he's also like a really quiet. Kid. He goes, Oh. I just need to concentrate. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why aren't you concentrating? Like, what, what else are you doing? What's more important than this right now? He goes, I don't know. I, I guess I just need to concentrate. And I go to his best friend. I'm like, Jeremy, tell Isaac to concentrate. He goes, hey, Isaac, concentrate. Isaac goes, okay, Jeremy. All right, all right. And he strikes the guy on the next three pitches. It's like, what? Kids, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's not that easy. Just concentrate, you know. Just, just do it. It's right in oh front of you. Gosh. But yeah. but you know what? I think I think we all struggle from that time to time. There's times when my brain is scattered and I really need to just focus. Oh, you take and a breather I, and, and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's what you do. You do yeah. a quick 10, 10 minute meditation. Get it back real quick, you know. I'll, I'll let the umpire know that you need ten minutes next time. <laughs> when you're yeah. on the mound. <laughs> what? It, I mean, now now we have shortened pitch clocks. This is gonna be fast. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I, I think it's not going to actually affect too much. The only thing that really bothers me with the pitch clock, Rob, is is the whole stealing stuff. Uh, the whole after three times, he gets second base. Right. And that blows my mind. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm fine with pitch clock without men on base. That makes all the sense in the world. But when men are on base, that's a whole game that you're just ruining now. That's yeah. a whole thing about timing and when you step off and really messing with them. And sure, if you know, if you really want to be like, this is getting ridiculous, like, stop and they need to put it at a certain point but then put it at like five or six you do it at three like you don't want to throw over once those are valuable assets each one of those you know you only have three guns uh, bolts in the chamber there like no and then you miss on the first one do you do it on a second because then oh boy and then you're really in for it oh, i hate that 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 drives me nuts otherwise i'm all for it like again i have to watch pirates reds games sometimes and those can be very tough when it's Who's the fifth pitcher for the uh, the Reds right now? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, Col- yeah, right. Overton. Overton. Is it though? Like, I don't it's know. Sessa or Overton? Ugh. Yeah. Do you want to watch that against no. uh, Brubaker? <laughs> I don't I don't really want to do that. Sorry, coffee cakes. <laughs> if 
And know. and I just wanted to um let you know I did make it through the whole Rockies. Oh yeah, the whole one. one. The whole one. I'm whole proud one. of you. Thank you so much. That was fun. I have a thing uh, for Feltner, so I was like, I have to hear what why? he has to say. I don't why? know. Just last year, just in there season. There was one week we were there was a in week. Feltner. Listen, a week is all you need sometimes. There was one so just week. Have a I feeling. talking to Spore about that one. It's like he had increased velocity one game. He had a good matchup away from cores or something. We're like, maybe. And then it wasn't good. I know. We're like, Those why? things stay in your head. We gotta, I know. I have a tough Fun. tough time getting rid of those biases. You know? Yeah. It's a, well, it, um, well, we're talking about it now. This is productive, right? This is, it is. this is the good stuff. <laughs> but I mean, it's stuff. it's funny. I mean, you know me. I I am about twelve teamers. Uh, I know yep. this podcast is a lot more for deeper stuff, and it's not that I can't apply it to that. But those podcasts are, um, that's just the way you do it. You do it for the baseline of that, and then you adjust. And the Rockies, like, I mean, even in fifteen, is there? Are you guys actually drafting a Rocky starting pitcher in fifteen teamers? Um, I mean, a draft champion. I don't really, I don't really draft Rocky pitchers. No, I right. think I had, I think I had a Herman Marquez one season. Um, but, but I mean, for this year, I'm saying like right now, this year, no. next year, right? No. The only one I could conceive is a draft champions Freeland. Okay. If there's, there's just like three weeks where he's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe doing my stuff, even though my velocity is nothing like it was during the peak. Fine. Right. Uh, but oh, maybe actually Austin Gomber. I'm going to throw in a little, little, little scattering of Austin Gomber. But... Yeah, a little scattering. Yeah, a little scattering. Little, but I, I'm, I'm whisper I'm, into the wind. I'm trying to be a little more, um, I guess, with my draft and holds, have more punch to the options rather than the what if this guy. Um, sure. And I'm changing my balance too from shifting to like more, um, getting more pitchers by a certain ADP and then just. Yeah. So those later pitchers, I don't have to, I'm just going good relief arms and like prospect backs or upside bats, you mm-hmm. know, staying away from the Kyle Freeland. Uh, yeah. Last two years. They've that, that's me a good, and... I mean, look, it's a free land. You can do what you want. Right. 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 <laughs> don't get free land. <laughs> no, but I mean, I try, I mean, I don't think like the podcast is specifically geared to 15 teams. Um, we, you know, uh, we do talk about the 50 draft and hold sometimes. Sure. I, 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 I like to get a good blend of everything. I would like to oh, do more. You. I think going forward, I want to do more. Cause I mean, I have like, I'm deep rooted in my keeper league that I've been playing in for 22 years, you know, yeah, it's right. just, it's just hard because you, you have to really specify what the, you know, what the rules are and what the keeper sure. things are to make everyone kind of relate to it. Well, that, I mean, that's kind of why I always do 12 team five by five, mm-hmm. because right. I think I think everything that we talk about in there is still applicable. Uh, 100%. Obviously, there's going to be always discussion of how much you should weigh ceiling versus floor and how that adjusts in deeper leagues and all that kind of stuff. And I'm I understand my term of a Toby is different in a 12 teamer than it is a 15 teamer by far. And that is something of interest. But a lot of the guys that I think are sleepers and 12 teamers are also sleepers and 15 teamers. Mm-hmm. Um, for for the most part, Johan Aviedo is so interesting to me, uh, and I will still still be very interested in that one. Um, just at least to watch from afar. But yeah, but thank you for going through the entire Colorado Rockies podcast. That's, that, that's just a joy for me to be like, I don't know, guys, I, whatever. You're still here. Why? All right, thank you. Here's other pitchers that are not on the Rockies because you need something. Right. You know, who were the, I? Don't even remember who the three were. I recorded that in in December. I feel like there were three guys that I talked about. I talked about Wisniewski, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I a couple others. I don't remember. I, don't I think you talked about um, Wisniewski. Oh, no, not, not even. No, that was today. That was Lorenzen on the Tigers. Oh yeah, on the Tigers. Oh, look at you. You listen to dates. Oh man, you're the best, Rob. It's it, it's great. It's it's the best. I mean, the 
15, 20 minute bangers. You get all the information you need. I'm just getting into my, you know, um, NFBC 50 league, which is 12 team draft and hold. Um, I'm going to have a couple of online championship geared pods and 50. So I'm in that 12 team mindset. Um, I like to get that out of the way. And then I get deeper into like the 15s. I try to do both at the same time, but then I try Mm -hmm. to pick one side to go in. So um, I, I love it. I, I love it's, it's the dog go out in the morning and it's, and it's, and it's Nick Pollock in the ear hole. There you go. There it is. That's the way it should be. <laughs> and I'm everybody. screaming at my everybody dog listening right that. now. <laughs> be like Rob. <laughs> Take out the dogs and put Nick Pollock in your earlobe. It's it. Simple as I that. Got, I got to get earrings now that say like, that have like an image of me. So it's truly in your earlobe, right? Truly get the um fabric covered <laughs> ear pods or something like that. I, I got the, the little... P, the P for picture list <laughs> earring. That's what, that's it. I mean, they're kind of shaped like peas, the little ear pods. Yeah, you know? it's oh, kind of a good point. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you go. see it like sponsored by Beats. <laughs> oh, that's, that would be fascinating. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what? Um, I just wanted to mention something you said when you were growing up and you said you're downstairs neighbor. It's so funny yeah. because I say the same thing because growing up in Brooklyn, you know, we had either the family yeah, the gr- was downstairs was or somebody. Was, yeah. 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 And, you you know, because you could say neighbor. Right. Right. The, the other people no say the neighbor. person who lived downstairs. I'm yeah. Like, right. That's the, your downstairs neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's no. Right. Right. It was in the suburbs. <laughs> what? You have downstairs. What does that mean? Right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. We lived on the the first and second floor of the of the brownstone, and we had a um a, a, someone on the ground floor, and they moved away. Glenn, oh, he was wonderful. I miss him. Fascinating, uh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So I love what you do with your podcast every morning, going team by team. And one thing that I think is truly essential about the Pitcherless website is the fact that. You have an encyclopedia of game logs. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. The game like, log is something I spent a long time to make right. It's I fascinating. Actually use. Yes, because like, you know, once I noticed uh, a pitch percentage changed or uh, maybe, you know, the movement on a pitch changed, I, go, I, I, I do whatever. I look at graphs and charts and then I go to your game log and I, and I was like, oh, yep. You know, Nick noticed it without having probably... <laughs> look at 19 things like I did. <laughs> but well right um, so, so it's so good, you're actually it's good seeing the read. sp yeah. roundup in there right yep like yep. I, I, like that was a that ooh, that was something i dreamed of for ages was that people were wanted in archives so that they can actually look up like i write an sp roundup and instead of having to do the mental math of what day did this guy pitch and then what article would that be to go look at that article to read the blurb i made it so that there's this whole system that's complex system in our back end about that specific SP Roundup article and how they grab what I wrote and assign it to that respective game on the player page and then it appears. It's this whole process. It's, it's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. But like that, <laughs> yeah, that's there. And the thing is, we don't advertise it enough. People don't know that happens. And it's kind of a hard thing because we have all these different features now on our site that it's difficult to uh, to mm. highlight it and, and make it not look, you know, I want it to look clean, but I also don't want you guys to miss this stuff. So what they always say, like uh, 80% of your users will use 10% of your features or something like that. Ooh, um, and uh, it's what they say. I, trust me, I'm a business person now. Um, but uh, but one yeah, thing so that too, one, one thing, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. You have everything on the player page. Every single thing I could think of, except for one split. What is it? I think yeah, would what do be you the want? first half, second half. Oh, yeah. So... So I love splits that. are in a weird place for us right now. And I apologize to everybody about 
you know how long it takes to load uh splits right now and it usually isn't like that there's a certain way that we did it to amplify certain er elements but that was a sacrifice we're working on that that will be fixed later this year um i want it because I, I honestly i've dave swan said something really smart to me um about about pitchers that he actually only looks them up versus lefties and then versus righties and doesn't ever combine it okay and i and i think i kind of like understood that before and just was very lazy about it and since he said that i'm like oh obviously like of course i shouldn't be looking at a slider where like it's worse in one situation and better in another yeah. because if it's really good in one bad in the other then theoretically he doesn't do it in the bad situation anymore and does it in the good one and there is room for improvement right like luis castillo oh my gosh that guy ah oh, that guy mm. <laughs> i'm telling you i think i think everybody's too low on him i was so shocked to see nfbc outside of the top 50. oh um, me too yeah um him actually he's like top 60. him and carlos Rodon to me are i i i put out the top 10 i think this morning um that that podcast that i did with fast last night and i think i've wrote on at six and i have castillo at 10. and yeah they're both so good uh oh anyway that's another that's another tangent we can get there eventually i'm sure this is a podcast about fancy baseball after all <laughs> no they 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 are fascinating and i do think that the castillo is 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 not getting enough love for sure no and I he's think not I, he's so yeah. good he's, he's better he's whatever really it could be even better next year he's like three different ways to be better next year yeah Ugh. So yeah he, i expect those two guys to rise to like at least the fourth third round mm. and a main event maybe third is pushing it but could because obviously guys have to fall out you know as well sure. so so um, really quick question you said first mm. half second half do you want that just as a quick like a quick access on the game log as far as date range is that what you're asking for uh yeah i like looking at performance from first half to second uh -huh. half um i know baseball like, hq has published some like research that shows like the second half um can show like um yeah a, it's a a big, stickier uh, or at least has a better correlation with possible breakout or something or yeah year, which doesn't shock me in the slightest yeah um so, so I like, like but at... i guess i'm asking how do you want oh. that shown is do you want it inside the game log as an option just for date range? Because at the top we have like the totals for each thing, right? Yes. Um. So and like we I say, cool. And then everything until July fifteenth or whatever, and then and then after. One. Okay. Yeah. That could yeah, be easier to do. Yeah, because you got the splits like versus handedness and the home road yeah. is nice, and you know it, it it it's not you know the world, but I'm just saying. You really no, have a, every I'm, single thing on here. It's just the best. It's just what's uh what's so fun about it is yeah there isn't like some giant corporate system of all right we got to submit this approval for that <laughs> that you know yep. it's like oh that's an interesting feature all right I mean we have a whole list of things that we're working on mm -hmm. so it's a my it's my job I, I Miles uh, our VP right Miles Nelson um I mean Alex and and Miles are both VP I he uh, he says Nick you're working like four jobs and you should be just doing one. And it's like, I'm, I'm CEO, I'm product manager, I'm content manager. And I, of course I am the lead content creator, right? Uh, you should be doing one of them, maybe two, but right now I'm like, all right, I, I'm product manager for the, uh, development team as well. And so I say, okay, I go to the devs and say, we were thinking about doing this and we got to work with the database side too. I don't know if you know, our database head, the, the director of our database team is Niv Shaw. 
Aniv is the founder of Adenu. Right. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm talking about with how amazing her staff is. How do how do I get to work with Niv? How did this reality come to existence? It, 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 it's amazing. It, it's it's a part of the reason why we're able to do what we do. So huge thanks to everybody helping out at PitcherList. They're Cheers to that. I yeah. 100% agree. Yeah, it's fascinating. Right. That's my ramble for now. What were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so, so, so you're doing this content creating and you said we're missing a metric mm. and, and here comes CSW. Just, just oh. tell me how that was born, yeah. I guess, in your head. I, tell me, tell me about it. It doesn't work like that. It, it doesn't, doesn't work, work like, like you're sitting there and we're, we're missing something. Go, <laughs> go to the factory and churn something out. You know, it's a, that's not how it works. Um, no, that was, uh, I, I will always say I discovered CSW because I went to, uh, I would use baseball savant every night. I still do it. For the roundups i mean fortunately this year we're gonna have our own version of like the game feed in, uh, so that you can utilize oh, stuff nice. that isn't shown yeah i haven't really announced that yet but uh it's something we have we have access to live data so um it's something i've been wanting to make for a while it might take a little bit into the season but it's something that i very much want on the site because i don't want to have to go to savant for this stuff we actually technically have this data right so and there's little elements of it too. I want to see strike rates. I want to see I, uh, I want to see PLV. But you know, we'll talk about that later. I, uh, other stuff about it, right? As the game goes on. But anyway, so I would go to Savant and use the game feed to do my roundup a lot. And generally, as I do the roundup, I can't possibly watch every game. Um, so I would use that to see if there's anything different. I have a whole mental catalog because I do all these SP roundups of what is normal for a pitcher. I know really the basic game plan for them what works, what doesn't, what their general velocities are, that kind of stuff, right? So I would use this to see if something's different or not. And I started using it around 2017 or so. I remember like the playoffs of 16, someone showing it to me going, what? How is, how do I not know this? How does no one know about the game feed on Savant? I mean, now everyone does, but back then no one did, right? And I was doing the roundups and I noticed that a lot of guys, we were just focusing on swing strike, right? Because it's dope and great and wonderful, right? But there are certain nights that a guy wouldn't get swing strikes. But I noticed on those nights that he would get a lot of called strikes instead. And mentally, I didn't, you know, I didn't punish him for the low swing strikes because he just threw them in the zone and they just didn't swing. That's not on him. That's, you know, the batters just didn't swing. How is he supposed to do anything about that? Like, it would have been a swing strike, but they just didn't swing on it. So I just combined them. I was like, oh, he had uh, only eight whiffs tonight. Oh, but no, but he had 20 called strikes so yeah just 28 percent, whatever it's fine and i was just doing this and i just combined them together csw didn't really think anything of it and was really leaning into it in 2018 and then that offseason fast was like nick we gotta like i think this is a real thing nick <laughs> and and i was like yeah i think so too i think it's a pretty good thing I've, i would say like yeah around 30 percent is the threshold once above 30 percent it's generally means really good that's just my mental thing of it he's like i'm gonna steal one of our data guys and uh you know colin charles at the time who's also amazing. Um, and then he put out, you know, he created that FSWA award winning article about CSW, right? And suddenly, I didn't really think that too many people would care because I'd seen stats come and go before, you know, and I didn't really think it would get as much attention as it did. Um, but it did. And uh, that was that was just like, wow, okay, this is great. I mean, I, again, I feel like I discovered it because it was just right there in front of me. I feel as if still someone has done it before I did. I, I, I guarantee you someone has. 
um, but no one knew about it, I guess. And I've been kind of waiting for someone to come forth and show me their article from like 2012 or something about it. <laughs> um, so I, I never really felt that I was too special for creating CSW. It just kind of happened. What it did do, though, is spark something in me that made me understand that there's more to discover. I, because if that wasn't discovered, right, if that wasn't actually utilized before, what else is there? Right. Because that isn't that granular. Um, and I've come up with like all these different ones that I haven't published. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, for example, I mean, on the site, we, I never did an article on it, but you might notice there's one called plus percentage. I saw, um, I've seen that, yeah. Which is, uh, which is something I came up with, which is any positive, any pitch that has a positive outcome for the pitcher. So that's CSW, but it's also a foul ball and not two strike counts. And it's also outs in play. Um, and yeah, that is correlated of like, you have a, the highest plus percentage. That is going to be a good pitch. Like it doesn't take a scientist to tell you that. Um, mm -hmm. If you have a really low plus percentage, that means it's probably not good, man. <laughs> like you're not getting good outcomes from it, right? Um, so there, there's stuff like that. There's sit percentage, which is strikes and play percentage. Uh, and then you can do some really fun things with that one. Uh, but all in all, the reason I haven't really pursued any of those is because PLV just blows it all out of the water. Um, and you'll see what that is later on. Uh, I can't, I can't spoil it now. Yeah, I I've, I've, I've been holding this for like three years. Oh, I'm yeah, like you two can't weeks do it away, now. Rob. I can't. <laughs> Even though when I had, when I had Eno and DVR on, Eno announced he was going to do his, you know, Jordan Rosenblum is doing projections for him. And, and I was like, oh my God. He goes, yeah, I'm announcing it on your podcast. I'm like, it was such a big thing. I felt so special. So this would have been, I mean, Wait, two for so two. It, I would have been a home run. So I've been, I've been in my hobbit hole <laughs> this entire winter doing my thing and not really consuming at all. So Eno is making projections based on pitching plus now. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and, that's and, so cool. Yeah. And Jordan Rosenblum is helping him, you know, yeah. with the model and everything. Yeah. So, and yeah. And, and he announced it on my podcast and like, and then he tweeted right after he got off the podcast, you know, like, and uh, I was like, wow, that was fascinating. It just happened. And uh, oh my so gosh. excited. So yeah, PLV. <laughs> so there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, so boy. much stuff. But yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing with CSW. It's, it's been really cool to see people use it. We know that multiple organizations, they've told us that they use it as a KPI, which is like the whole most hilarious thing in the world. Um, and I, and I also know that it's, far from perfect i mean i remember last year Rob, i don't know if you you know this you might you might remember i was really in on sandy alcantara and zach wheeler right mm -hmm. um for for the past two years because they're just these volume guys that don't suck like <laughs> like if you can go lots of innings and give you great ratios like you're gonna that, that's like the best thing you can do um and the, the biggest knock i heard was low csw right mm -hmm was that they had sub 30% CSWs, which makes all the sense. Because if you're getting a CSW, right, called striker or whiff, you're not going to get an out. You don't get an out in play. And the, one of the best qualities of Wheeler and Alcatara is that they generate amazing, uh, amazing weak contact with certain pitches. Wheeler, sinker inside one. I'd say the most underrated pitch in baseball is Zach Wheeler's sinker to right-handers. Just me. Um, and then you have Alcantara's changeup, which is just stupid good. Uh, and they get swings early in counts on these pitches inside the zone and out of it that generate outs. And that means they aren't getting to the highest 
CSW count, which is anything with two strike count, right? Right, right. Uh, if you're not getting to that, then you're going to have a lower CSW rate, but that doesn't mean you're a bad pitcher, you know? Uh, and so it's it's funny, kind of funny to me. Like, I'm the first one to tell you that it's not perfect, that like you can't just call a CSW and be done. I don't actually utilize my podcast as much. I don't mention a CSW of a pitch as much as I used to. I'm kind of more addicted to strike rate and hard contact right now. Um, but I, but I mean, having a high CSW is still just a good sign. Of right. Um, if you have a high strike rate and a high CSW, mm, oh yeah, let's go. But uh, sometimes it's just, oh, hey, you have a curveball that lands for a called strike 28% of the time because you throw it as an OO pitch and then you never throw it again. I'm like, yeah, sure, you're going to have a high CSW, but it's not like this magical pitch or something that he needs to throw more. Like, no, it's only really working because they don't expect they just spit on it and he throws like five, six percent of the time, you know? Right. Right. Uh, so does it's, it's it's interesting. Does each pitch have a specific threshold that's best at CSW or do like the pitchers themselves create that kind of like average for themselves? Threshold of what? Um like league average. So if you say CSW like you said you had that threshold of 30 30 percent but Rob. it's Rob, do, is, you, do you know about our league averages on our website? Oh, no, I know. I know. Oh, okay. I know yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. That, that's, like the, that's probably my favorite part about it. I, oh, I yeah. Like, yeah. Of course you know about this. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I got the – I I love that to switch between So, so you're thinking of, the, like, the average and then the above that average of, like, what the threshold is. That right, for. right. Yeah. That is it, I'm sorry. Is there anything um, – I guess is there, like, a warning sign of how far you should be from a specific pitch in CSW? Yeah, that's, that's a good good question. Um. I would say it's not as important with CSW. It's, um, I mean, look, you don't want to have a slider that can't be above a 25%. Honestly, all sliders should be like 30% or higher. Yeah. If you don't have a slider that's 30% or higher, then it's probably a cutter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's just like, uh, you're just trying to get in the zone and, and hopefully get some weak contact or something like that. But really, a slider shouldn't be there. Curveball, um, I'll give a little bit more of a leeway too, because generally it's more used as a called strike pitch. It's harder to get whiffs on curveballs. Sometimes you see some ridiculous ones um, that do get whiffs, but uh, um, but generally they're a lower whiff pitch. So that means generally lower CSW, or they're used as a high called strike pitch, right? Yep. Um, Changeups, changeups are generally actually kind of lower than those two. I uh, most of the time I see changeups used as just opposite handedness and like I'm supposed to have this as my third pitch because I'm not allowed to throw a slider against the opposite handedness, which is wrong and needs to go away, Rob. Throw more slide back foot sliders. Back foot sliders are so good. Yeah. And ugh, Luis Castillo, if you've lost your changeup, stop throwing it 30% of the time to lefties. When your slider is is better against lefties than it is against righties. Throw it. More than sixteen percent of the time to lefties. When you when you see something that's so obvious, like what do you think the like the pitcher or the team is is saying to keep doing the same thing oh, that I drives mean, you it's, nuts? It's arrogance. It's absolutely it? arrogance. A lot. Yeah, I, I mean, for myself, how can it not be? But this is it's just more of that fun, frustrating. Like I love being passionate about that for a moment, and then like I let it settle. Right. <laughs> I mean, there have been times. I'm not kidding. I, oh gosh, I'm gonna do this. I'm so sorry in advance. Um, but no, there have been a, a couple times that I've texted someone. And said, hey, I really I don't I hope I'm not overstepping, but like I see that you're doing this and I'm curious as to why, because it looks like from where I'm sitting that it should be that like this would work out really well. And I had one thing over the offseason doing this this year where I did that and they said, oh, yeah, this team 
you know, this new team I'm on told me the exact same thing. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes. So that makes me feel good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's my dream job. If I'm actually, if I am actually good at that, which I don't know, I'm just some dude in a chair right now. Um, but I would love that to be able to just look through this stuff and say, all right, let's figure this out. Why, you know, let's, let's go through every possibility and experiment a little, especially for those that are struggling. Oh God, if you're struggling, you should be tinkering all day. Don't be doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, let's like really open the book and, and do the Miss Frizzle method, you know, uh, make mistakes, get messy. Yeah. Like, uh, take chances and stuff. Right. I always mess up the order of that. Uh, <laughs> take chances, make mistakes, get messy. There you go. Um, but yeah, I want to do that. Like that would be my dream job. I spend an hour the next day going over film and the data with the pitcher who went the day before. Um, I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. I think uh, it'd so be we'll cool to see you as the pitching coach and trotting out to the mound. See, I, don't, to... I don't know if I even want to do that. <laughs> you, you just want to be. Well, okay. I, I'm not going to sit here and ignore the fact that there is a lot of there's more to coaching than just directing. Yes. There's so much more than that. Yeah. And as somebody from out here who sure I pitched in college, but I wasn't really a part of the massive culture that it, that it is now. Right. Uh, like being in the, in the majors or something like that, um, that there's something about it where I would feel too much like an outsider. Um, just kind of, if I were like right now, they're like, all right, cool. Nick, you are the pitching coach for the twins or something like that. Like, no, absolutely not i would be horrible you know and there, there's so much more to it than that i would love to be someone that they bring in and like oh yeah cool awesome like you're in you hang out with the team in the clubhouse everything like that you're working on this stuff with them yeah i would have a relationship with the coaches or so but like guys i am not that good i am <laughs> i i don't i'm not saying that i deserve this or anything like that i'm just you know i'm having fun with this and i, I just want to have the conversations i want to be engaged with them. I want to be working with guys where they tell me why they're not doing it. And hopefully I can learn from them too. Right. Um, but I, I think it's, I think there are a lot of players that get into a mindset of X, Y, and Z that they've always done. And it can be very rigid. Um, I mean, I have been too, in a lot of things that I'm in, someone comes in and tells me I'm doing something wrong. I'm not going to take that the best way. Right. Right. Um, and I, I would hope everyone hopes from an outside perspective of the ideal that they'll be malleable and willing to take on any extra information to get better but these guys like i was the best player all my life you know forever and i'm still really good like i'm not going to listen to you who are you you know so i get it but yeah luis castillo please throw more sliders down and into lefties. okay thanks <laughs> um hard contact it's yes. uh like you mentioned all over your podcast it's um something i hear mr howe and mr hastings and um the wind above uh Fantasy, Wind above. yeah, Wind above. fantasy, swelly and, uh, a lot of hard contact there, yeah. going around. So it's the tell, best. Tell me, tell me a little more about it. I mean, I'll put it very simply. Alexander Chase, um, he, he's he was a writer for a while here. I uh, he realized that hard hit percentage that you know is over bad at ball event. It's not over plate appearance, and we found in every single way that hard contact as a plate appearance is just a better form of it. So <laughs> nice. It's, it's that simple. Use hard contact instead. Uh, now, keep in mind, it's always going to favor overall as pitchers, those that have higher strikeout rates and walk rates. And if you actually do want to figure out when he does allow contact, what kind of contact is it? 
you don't want to use hard contact, right? You do want to use hard hit because that's analyzing the bad ball event. But if you are generalizing, you want to use hard contact. So, so keep that in mind. It's why like Dylan Cease has a lower hard contact rate um, because he has a high walk rate too, not just the high strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's an interesting thing. There is, there's another side of it, soft contact rate. Um, which I think is interesting. There's also uh, soft contact plus walk rate, which we haven't really explored enough on the site, but I think that's actually a very interesting one too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sorry, it's hard contact plus walk rate, I should say. Um, but I, but yeah, it's it's just generally a better way of understanding the pitch because it was the the classic problem. The the example that Chase used was why are we saying that Dallas Keuchel allows less hard hit balls than Tyler Glass now? Right. He doesn't. But Tyler Glasnow has a 40% hard hit rate and Keiko has a 27%. But then you realize that there are so many more batted balls for Dallas Keiko than Glasnow, and it's not fair. Right. In a given game, Keiko will allow more hard hit balls. This was back in like 2019. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's. Remember Shane Bieber? Same thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, he still kind of does a little bit, but not like 44%. That's stupid. Uh, just yeah. do hard contact rate. It's better. Just do hard contact rate. Right? And then. And then you have all the locks. You have the high lock. Yeah, well, that's fine, isn't it? Lock. Well, I love hearing it. It's funny. <laughs> it's it's like you're describing something else. You know, it's like a, yeah. Almost well, like it you're describing satisfying. like a fastener. Like here's a fastener yeah. that you need for like yeah. a plumbing. For you gotta get your high lock, and you gotta get lock. your high lock into an elbow, and then you get a low lock. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is something. I mean, this is the fun part about creating your own website, Rob. Is that you can just create things, and no one can stop you. Um, I I realize that like. Our dis- depictions of of the strike zone, where does he throw stuff? Was just us, like, like uh, what was the guy in Letterman who would take the mail and Letterman would yell the, the town and he would take his push pins and lean over with a magnifying glass and, like, <laughs> find the town and push it in. This was a whole segment on Letterman. It, was, it, was, it cracked everybody up, right? And that's how I felt we were talking about pitch locations before looking at strike zone plots. We would just like lean in and like say like, well, I guess that's kind of up and over here, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I just took that and said, well, no, we're just going to slice the, the the strike zone in a couple ways and just do percentages of it. So you have high lock and low lock, which is essentially you take the strike zone into the thirds, the upper third, the middle and the lower third. And then the upper third extends out of the zone up. That's high lock. And the lower third extends below the zone. That's low lock. Then you have the dreaded evil that is YM lock, which is vertical middle lock, right? The Y axis middle, which is, you don't want that. Like you don't, in any situation, you never want to throw YM lock. You just don't. Uh, It's better to throw YM lock than low lock for fastballs inside. But that's it. Because you don't want the barrel to come down in the zone on it. Right. Um, you'd rather get higher up where it's a little bit tighter. Uh, that's it. But even then you still want high lock instead of YM lock. So whatever, get out of here. Um, (laughs) then you have like a lock and uh, G lock, which is arm side relative to the pitcher. And then you have uh, I lock and O lock, which is inside outside relative to the batter. Um, then there's also he lock, which is heart of the plate. I, but it's just a way of just categorizing oh he only throws this bitch glove side or, or arm side like you see the percentages of that and it's really really good the way i've used it the most 
um, is either with breaking pitches, you want to see as much low lock as possible. Mm. Like you just want to see, like, I think it's Logan Webb who had an 82% low lock on his changeup. I'm just like, oh, oh that's the good wow. stuff. That's the good stuff. And then, uh, and, um, then you have also high lock for forcing fastballs. Right. You, I, I, I've yet to find a situation where a pitcher has been worse having an extreme high lock on their four seamer. It, it's just not happened. Um, so you want that. And there are some situations, Luis Castillo, where you're getting too much YM lock on your four seamer. And if you go from 50%, which is average on your four seamer, you go up to 60 plus percent on it. And all of a sudden a guy goes from like a 10% swing strike around to a 14%. And it's like, wait, yeah, that's good. You're not allowing more home runs. Great. Awesome. Things are wonderful. Uh, so, so that's what lock is. It's very helpful inside the repertoire section for the overall. Not really. Um, I, I, I use the whole overall tables if anyone wants them. I just live inside the game log in the repertoire section. That's like all I do. Yep. And like the general. Okay, what was he? A three five ERA. Okay, so three five ERA. You know, that's what I do for my pitching analysis. What's ERA? <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, what is it? I, I the funniest thing is in season I barely ever ever look at season long era and whip yep i, I, I just don't yeah because i just how are the pitches performing where is he at is this good is this bad okay like because we all know the random sample the ted berg's wonderful small sample size song is the best song ever if you don't know what that is just put it into youtube and then go follow ted berg because he's one of my favorite people in baseball i he's not even in baseball anymore i don't think i don't know he's just the best just follow ted berg okay um and i uh, but yeah, it's small sample size in the season, right? So I'm not going to like saying, you're like, oh, this guy's a 4-3 year old. What am I going to go after him? What? Because I have like six starts where one of them he allowed 500 runs. Like, what are you talking about? That's, that's just so silly. Don't do that. So yeah, I just use the repertoire and game logs for the most part. Awesome. Yeah, I find it easier to like just look at the locations. And then from there, like if I have to go look yeah. at a heat map or something. And we've can... got those. I know. And, and you got those. those. Right there. I know. Right there. Bam. <laughs> got everything. Got everything on one page really fascinating yeah, it uh, is thanks, it's awesome Rob. yeah no it's just um i mean we tend to look at, i mean i do i'll look at every single thing available which takes me so long to do a player dive because i'm just like yeah. oh what about this and what about that i mean you know but you just got to simplify it right here on the uh on the page and yeah bam, bam, one, bam. one thing we're adding actually um if you remember the, oh you know what we might just do that i think we're gonna do that that sounds so much smarter okay sorry i i just had a realization um <laughs> gosh why didn't i think of that before uh, write it down write it down oh i don't worry this is <laughs> going anywhere okay. <laughs> um well we have those sliders at the, for every pitch too right you have the uh the the ranking bars mm -hmm. um, which is our answer to the savant sliders which honestly the savant sliders bother me because they're they're the same thing like said like four times yes and i'm just like this is not this isn't helpful i don't even know what the number is I just see the percentile like right. i don't even know right. the data yes yes so okay. so we made the bars to be like well instead of it being a percentile like i just want to know he's 23rd best not like 95th percentile like it's you get the idea that it's really good okay great you know no one talks in percentiles in real life but <laughs> we did it with pitch types too which i thought was really cool right uh and but i don't find myself using it and that's because the ones that we have in it aren't really that helpful so what we are doing, and I and I don't know when it'll be on the site, hopefully in the very near future, is next to the league average, also having percentile. Okay. Uh, 
Um, so you can actually know that, yeah, sure, this isn't league average, but is it like really good? Um, and you'll actually will have like, yeah, this is 23rd or this is 108. Um, and I do want to clarify, I haven't put out this article yet of how we uh, classify league average and the, you know, top 200 and everything like that. When I say it's 23rd, what does that mean? Um, it's not your your standard definition of qualified because honestly that just is like 30 pitchers from last year so we devise a system with starting pitchers it's always the top 200 starting pitchers determined by batters faced and okay. then for levers it's top 350 and then for hitters it's top 350 in plate appearances um that is way more applicable to everyone any doing any sort of research uh, either fantasy or normal, it's just like, that's so much better. And we change that every day. You know, that's always updating who is inside that top 200. Brandon Lundberg, um, our, one of our lead database guys, is a lead in basic, uh, database engineers, I should say. It's a better title than database guy. Uh, <laughs> he, he devised that system with me last year. It was really fun actually taking, you know, the part of an evening and like really determining how we create this. And I never articulated it because it was such a whirlwind of things last year. I never got around to it. But yeah, just to clarify that, and then we'll do the same with percentages, of course, for when we have that toggle. Right, so it's it made up of the guys making the most impact on that. Exactly, on, top yes, 200 yes. batters face, you yeah, know. Um, and when it comes to pitches, I think we essentially said, if you have this pitch type of, um, I think it was honestly 10 thrown, you're included into it. Uh, and, oh, I can't remember the weighting we did because we didn't want like... Um, does Max Scherzer throwing a thousand fastballs equate to someone else throwing five of them? And I don't believe we did. Uh, so I, I, I got to figure that one out. I got to get to the bottom of that one, but don't worry too much about it. <laughs> I'm not. I got faith in you. Yeah. We're going to interrupt this podcast for a quick Rob's rant. Do you ever get the text from someone saying, hey, just seeing this now when it's seven hours later? Let's be honest. You're not just seeing this now. You're just answering it now, right? And that's okay. Just say that. Just say, hey, I saw this before, but I'm answering now. Just say that. Say the thing that you really, that's really it. Because there's no way you're just seeing this text now when it's eight hours later. You, Everybody looks at their phone all day long. That's just horseshit. So... Just say, I saw this before, but I'm just answering it now. I was too busy before and lacked a formed response. But now I'm free and I have the response I want to give you. And I'm answering you now. That should be the responses going forward. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So you brought up the game feed and I just wanted to like, maybe if you could just take me through and the listeners through like what to look out for when you're watching sure. that game feed, what's, what's good, what's important and what, you know, might be something like, ah, you don't need to look at that or that may be. So, deceit. yeah. Um, so two of the things that they're, one thing that they're doing, they have done, which I've used a lot is uh, the miles per hour usage, the miles per hour change, right? It's just so helpful. Is this guy throwing harder or not? Right. Um, and we actually are adding that to our game logs this year, which is great. We're also adding usage increase or yes. decrease. Yes. 
thank you. Yeah, I got thank you. Thank you. I wanted it. <laughs> uh, yes, because that's something I always have to do a split screen it's for. Not on, like, it's well, not on Savant. It's not there. Uh, right. They don't do that. And we're going to, and hopefully when we have that live leaderboard too, you'll see in, on that day as it's going, uh, you'll have the increase or decrease of usage. Cool. Um, so you'll be, be able to say like, oh, wait, he's throwing more sliders today. This is cool. Now, one thing that one lesson I've learned that took me too long is that I said, whoa, he didn't use a slider today. Whoa, he didn't use his changeup today. Oh, right. It's because he faced a lot of lefties. So he didn't throw sliders, he threw changeups. Um, and I need to be careful about that one because I've fallen for that trap before. Mm. Um, so hopefully I can figure out a simple way to discern that. That's and a great point. I might point. be able to, I, I, at some point I'll see if I, like, <laughs> if I can endure the groans of the developers to say, is there a way to say, can you do the changes, change, usage increase or decrease but based on lefty versus righty as opposed to overall <laughs> um but well because well, that's yeah i mean that's a big thing right you know yeah. i mean you, you definitely need to know like are they stacking the the other handedness against this pitcher you know are they right exactly the eight righties lefty and they have yes. a full righty guy yep, yep. um so uh, that changes that stuff too so you shouldn't get too excited about oh man he's using a slider so much now it like, is when he only throws a 5% of the time. And then all of a sudden now it's like 25%. I'm like, yes, that's what's up. No, Get I agree. That change that's, up. Yeah. Like Snell, yeah. please never throw it. That's <laughs> Oh, that's stupid change up. Stupid, <laughs> stupid change up. No, but I, I love that. I love that idea. I, I've always thought that when I'm watching the game feed, well, okay. Feed me all the ideas you have, Rob. Okay. okay. Anytime you're like, I wish that were there. And that goes to anybody listening right now. My DMs are open. We've okay. gotten some really good ideas just from people sending me DMs. So, oh, good. I'll go into uh, the notepad and uh, I'll I'm send serious. Some stuff over like, to you. I'm yeah. not like I'm always thinking about this about this stuff. So how I actually I rank pitchers is if I don't have a good reason not to, then mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to do it. I don't care about my ego in this way. Like, I just want to be right. <laughs> and you know, I I could see myself like then in the future holding on to something for the sake of that. And like, well, if I'm going to let go later, then like, why not let go now? Um, so uh, that's dumb. Anyway, so using Savant, uh, you go into the game feed. What's really cool is that they have an illustrator. They do a really good job of showing pitch velocity. So if you get worried about the depreciated velocity, I always check if, um, like, let's say he sits 93 in his start instead of 94 or 95. Did he ramp it up as it went? And if he did, that kind of means, oh, it's still there. He was just kind of saving it a little bit in the beginning and probably got pulled before he ramped it up or didn't feel he needed to. But if it's the reverse, if he was high and then went down, then I'm more scared. Right. And if it's just even, then like, well, yeah, this is stupid. Um, you can also see uh, yeah, lefty righty splits. So is he approaching it differently or not with that, which is really cool. Um, you see locations. I'm telling you, um, whew, pitch separation is a beautiful thing. It's how Quintana was identified quickly to me of being like, guys, four seamers are up, curveballs are down. Like he's doing this. Drew Smiley during his nice stretch last year, those eight starts of like a two, five ERA or whatever it was to end the year, pitch separation was there. Um, and you, it's pretty easy to see inside the Savant stuff. I also check um, how he allowed his hits. Um, I think that's an important thing, distinction to, to have. If you haven't watched the game, you're trying to figure out like, did you get beat? Like, is he just throwing pitches in the middle and are those what's allowing hits or like, was this in the dirt? Was this along the edge? Was it in a place that you traditionally see a hit or not? Was it all on sliders? Was it all on this? That can really help us identify 
um, problems or things that are cropping up, or maybe it was just an odd game, and that just is what happened that day. Um, you know, if I see a home run on a pitch that's outside the zone, I'm just like, what? I'm just okay. But if I see a home run on a slider down the middle, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got you got to be better than that. Come on. Right. So, I uh, that that's the kind of stuff I think with Savant, it's incredibly helpful. Don't get too warped into the whole movement stuff. Um, I find that movement can be kind of weird. Uh, I mean, obviously, huge shifts are a big deal. Like Alex Fast identified with Kyle Gibson's cutter being more of a sweeper and of a, a slider than it was a, a, like a cutter, really, um, by like four or five inches of movement all of a sudden, the horizontal movement the second to last game of the year. He allowed 12 earned runs in his last two games, to be fair. But it is a new pitch, and that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that stuff you can see in Savant's game feed. Um, I but think yeah, that's I mean, where I tend to lose myself a little, too, or I was losing myself a little too much in. You know, the, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff is like, they can do those things, but if the pitch itself isn't having success, then right. I don't care. Right, right. You know? Uh, I don't, I don't, okay, he added this, but like, it didn't do anything. Right. Uh, and that is often like I just kind of push it aside. I've seen interesting things about velocity. Look at Eric Lauer, perfect example. He'll go 21 whiffs while throwing 93, and the next game go four whiffs throwing 94. I'm just like, I'm going to stop caring about the velocity of this man. Hmm. Yeah, good point. <laughs> right? And it's like, just like, ah, I can't I can't buy into the cherry bomb. Um. By the way, he had a really good start last year. Five starts, I believe, Eric Lauer. He had like a 182 ERA. Then after that, it was a 424 ERA and a 120x whip and such and it's just yeah that's the real eric lauer guys not the 10 11 strikeout games we saw at the beginning of the year yeah um but i gotta gotta put in the player analysis little by little <laughs> rob just, just a little there. little little kiss here and there um <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean the savant stuff i highly recommend it's so good as of i mean that's where i get my tweets that everyone hates that i don't care i'm going to keep doing which is my excitement about velocity i will always be the hype man um, for someone throwing harder in their first start of the year or something, because <laughs> I know it's not going to last likely. I mean, I mean, okay. It's not that it's not that I know it won't last. It's that I want, I want to be excited about the possibility that it will. And everyone should be aware that it is. And at the end, I'll say, you know, I'll say in my roundup, like, Oh, it didn't last. But I was really excited that he started the game like this, you know, like that's fun. That is why we do this. To see Tyler Lord and McGill throwing 99 past uh, Juan Soto. I was just I was just gonna say this is you know being a Met fan and being all amped up for McGill coming so into the season, and then I just remember that I yeah I remember that you you were just screaming. That oh was an all capital tweet. Gosh. I think I was like yes, Ty here Lord we go, McGill. McGill. You know I mean we made Tyler Lord McGill shirts. I still wear it to my bagel place. <laughs> <laughs> um the guy is my my guy who asked for fantasy baseball advice he gives me a free bagel nice. um, when i when i just just i get like a dozen or half a dozen put in my freezer he gives me an extra one that's what i mean by a free bagel everyone all right uh but yeah he's like hey i need pitching nick what do we got <laughs> i love him so you know if you listen to these i i don't think you do i keep telling you to but you should <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great it's there's nothing like the um community that you'll get in a bagel store or like when i grew up in brooklyn it was the pork store you know um mm-hmm. where you get your cold cuts i stayed around here in jersey and people look at me like what did you just say i said what's the pork store i'm like forget it oh, get, out out. Yeah. get out of here get out of here no, if you know oh you know yeah 
<laughs> um, uh, did you have a bagel place that was your favorite in Brooklyn? Um, we used to go to uh, King's Highway Bagels. Right, okay. right, right underneath the train station. I don't know if it's well off to the train station. I don't know if it's there. And we had our um the donut spot was um Avenue U under the under the train station there. I think it was like maybe 18th, 19th Street. I forget. A good donut was, is a magical thing. Oh, right? magical! We used to it get is... the eggclairs and oh my yeah. god, the eggclairs was to die for. Remember those days? But yeah, I had a on on Seventh Ave and Ninth Street. There's a place called Donuts Luncheonette. It was around the corner. It was like a block or two away from where I grew up, uh, in Park Slope. And there was Rhonda, and I believe Teresa were these old old ladies. I would be there. I was there all the time. Like I would just go there with my friends. I would get a cheeseburger deluxe. No no lettuce. No tomato. Uh, those french fries no with onion rings they had like the good onion rings and uh how you doing nick oh nick you a uh, cheeseburger good to see you you know hi honey and they would give me like a little like like a donut at the end uh, free of charge you know oh man it's all about having your people it guys. is it just, is just create those relationships of... ask that... what their name is make it a consistent mm. thing make the effort they won't make the effort you have to make the effort but oh it, it's so rewarding because you get so free far. donuts and free bagels. No, because you no, actually develop a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing that goes deep. Good. Yep, yeah. I, I totally agree. It's just to just extend yourself. Um, and I feel like that's something that's slipping away in this world. A little rant off the mm. baseball, but like everyone well, yeah, is there's so... a lot more ordering and not less picking up, right? That too, but I feel like everyone is always too um, either in a rush to say what they want to say, not process sure. what other people are saying. You know, they're not really immersed. They're not in the moment. Right. Um, there always there seems to be everyone's always in another place, and it's like yeah. no, stay in this place with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a you. good place. I'll make it a good place for you. <laughs> yeah, I believe you, Rob. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, roster construction this year. Tell me, um, real quick. Um, you know, take a glance at the pitching, and you know how 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 would you be constructing your rosters this year and drafting all leagues. And Fab Leagues. I know oh, I know man. you take a peek into the scheduling a lot, which is something I like to well, hear because it's I, I not something it, I yeah. don't do enough. I do it um I do it for the beginning of the year. Right. Because I have a lot of philosophies. Some might compete, but I just think of I, I think they're all smart, so I just say them. No, um I'm kidding. I my my big one for twelve teamers, your standard uh, you know, waiver wire leagues, all that kind of stuff is you want to be in a position where you're ready to drop half of your team, at least pitching-wise. Like, you're you're actually anticipating that you might not hold on to them. Uh, and then the other half are the guys that you actually trust to never let go of, right? Um, I mean, sure, there's obviously some blending there. Like, sometimes I've found myself getting Joe Ryan and Pablo Lopez in my 5 and 6 in a 12-team or, like, the 13th and 14th round, and that to me is just crazy. And all right, I got six guys I'm not dropping now. Then great, I'm not going to take a single pitcher forever now. Right. Um, because I would be anticipating dropping those guys anyway, so I might as well fill up everything else first. Um, but so, so my whole strategy really is about finding the secure pitchers that you, you know, you don't want to drop. Really, it's four of them is traditionally what I go for. At first, I thought I would have to do three, but I think actually it is four again this year. And I'm I, there is a crew. I call the 24 aces of dubs. Um, and that goes all the way, I think, to about 
Um, it's the top 24 starting pitchers in my book. Um, so just outside of it are like Glasnow and Cortez and McKenzie and Severino, like that crew. But you have like Darvish and, and Musgrove and Gallon near the end of it. All of those. There's 24 guys. Like in a 12-teamer, you could actually shift it so that instead of saying, okay, well, I need to get a guy in my first three rounds. I'm like, no, no, no there are 24 of them. <laughs> you don't need to get one in the first three rounds. Pit, uh, hitting is so good, so good in the first three rounds. Like the first 24-ish hitters are unbelievably more valuable than the next 24. Um, so I, I think that ends for me. I got to look back at it again, but it ends around like Arenado and then there's kind of like Schwarber and e Eloy and Springer kind of hanging out there and in Teoscar. So maybe it extends maybe to 30 or so. Um, I have to touch up on that one. Don't, don't judge me. All right. I'm the pitching guy. Um, <laughs> but I, but the point is you want to make sure you get as many of those as possible. Make sure you're not lagging on say like third base or second base because boy, is that tough to recover from. I got to get Corey Seager everywhere. Duh. I got, you know, like there's all these little things that I'm trying to do with it. Right. So mm -hmm. I allow myself first four rounds, go nuts, try and get the best things that you can. If there's nothing, then fine. Fourth round, I'll get Carlos Rodon because I can get Carlos Rodon in the fourth round. And that's the best thing ever. Um, but then normally fifth round is when I turn to pitching and fifth round, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Honestly, if you really want to do that, you'll have a stud rotation of like, Aaron Nola, Luis Castillo, uh, Christian Javier, Zach Gallen. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you don't need to get Alcantara. You don't need to get Max Scherzer or Verlander who are going higher than I think they should. Like, those four are studs and are also workhorses in my view. Christian Javier, maybe not as much. But, oh my lord, why are we talking about Spencer Strider and not Christian Javier? I... Uh, Chris Javier is arguably better. He does the same thing with his fastball. He actually, I looked it up earlier today, the best VAA for a fastball in the majors. That is vertical approach angle, the best angle you want for a four-seamer going up in the zone. And guess what? He does it over 60% of the time up in the zone. It also has an amazing slider that they can never hit. Like, Christian Javier is amazing on a winning ball club and now has the full reign of being a starter. He's their number two now. So I expect him to go 175, 180 innings. I mean, sure, there was the walk rate that is not as good as you want. But why get Dylan Cease when you can have Christian Javier? You know, I'm, I, I, I don't know where Dylan Cease is going to end up again. But I think actually this time people are on my side. I know I was wrong last year, everybody. I get it. I understand. I did not anticipate that a slider usage would go from about 28% to 42% or something like that. Okay. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. That's on me. I didn't expect the overperformance. I was right about the walk rate, but somehow the whip in the ERA just didn't care. That's fine. That's on me, but I'm not falling for it again. I'm not, I'm sticking to my guns in this one because Dylan <laughs> Cease is, is not nearly deserving of top 10 pick or top 10 SP pick. He's like 18th to me. There's just so many guys and ones that don't have the, the same walk rate. And the same fortune and also have more than one good pitch um than Dylan C. So Christian Javier is a good example of someone that I need to get in every single league. Now the thing is about the schedule is that when you are filling out the back half of it, why get someone you're not gonna start in the first week? Mm -hmm. 
that that that's the thing that I am I'm, I'm so adamant about is that you're expecting to switch it out, right? I mean, you're pretty much anticipating. You're like seeing how the first week goes and then change it. But if you're not going to start him, that means you're not even anticipating it to be good. So you can have the best of both worlds and and grab something that is an interesting flyer and has a good matchup. You can do that. They're out yeah. there. Go and get those guys instead. You know? If you're telling me you like Sean Manaya, but then you realize that he has like two bad matchups to start the year, I'm like, then don't get Sean Manaya. No one's gonna want to start him for those two. And if you're holding on to Sean Manaya for the first two weeks and then enduring those bad starts or just having him on your bench, then that means you're missing out likely on something else that is more interesting than what Sean Manaya did. Right. That that's my thought process on it. Now it could be closed-minded, it could be wrong. Because let's say you're in your weekly league, you can only start X amount of guys. You're going to have those bench spots anyway, and those aren't ones that are like in a daily league that you can actually swap in and get value from. You're not getting any value from it. So the whole idea of the, of the guy you're not going to start the first week is kind of stupid because you're not going to use that spot anyway, and then you may like the matchups after. So that could be completely wrong and, out and dumb in your, uh, in your fab weekly leagues. Um, then I would even suggest, fine, figure out what the schedule is and what after. I don't know what it is yet because I, I mean, I could tell you what the next two series are, but it's kind of hard to figure out uh, what order it will all go. Will this guy get skipped? It gets a little bit dicier, a lot easier for the first two. Um, and it took a surprisingly little amount of time to make that table that I made in October. That's why I did it. It was like, oh, yeah, this I know is helpful. And like, it'll take me 30 minutes. Like, let's just do this. And now I have it for six months, you right. know? Absolutely. Um, so, so that that's my general thought process of it. I, yeah, you guys can do better than a Toby. You know, you treat right. yourself. <laughs> Chase Absolutely. for higher. Yeah, my strategy last year in the twelves, and I mean, it worked out pretty well. But, um, like you mentioned, you know, third, first three, four rounds, I was concentrating on offense. Maybe sometimes I I I I pivoted to like an early closer if I wanted to have a one guy to make a difference. But then when I attacked pitching, it was in bunches. It was, you know, the next couple of rounds I grabbed, you know, three, four arms. And then when I, I went back to hitting for like three, four rounds, but then I really I I didn't want to stream too many pitchers in a 12 team i wanted to have the streaming on on my bench i wanted to stream from my bench as much as i can and then mm -hmm. pick pick the great streamers pick the good two right. guys yeah. and when i you know so i loaded up on the back half of adp and allowed me to hit on guys like javier and drew rasmussen oh, and mckenzie yeah. you know like that 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 200 on where maybe everyone pivoting back toward offense i'm just trying to get my back half of my pitching staff you know loaded up mm -hmm. and um it worked pretty well it was the Houston only mckenzie how do you feel yeah. about him this year oh my god you know i i heard what you said that you know he in order to do what he did last year he's gonna have to get better and yeah. i think that's definitely valid i think there's definitely some regression Man, back this isn't but fair you still... already know how i feel that's not fair rob but he looks uh, i just He's creeping up too. That's the thing. He's getting more helium by the month. Um, Is I think he? that, yeah, yeah. And there's an area of 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 ADP that where he is right now it's it, it's kind of like if 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 everyone misses the framber the javier the musgrove the darvish they're jumping him. So anyone like he's the guy mm. where if he's they the don't get plan. right, 
Right. And, and, and he bumps up a lot if people miss on that run of pitchers. So he's entering that run. He started mm-hmm. off like, all right, I'm a two round back, but now he's getting closer to those pitchers. Is, is he getting drafted ahead of Nestor Cortez right now? Yes. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, this is, this is my philosophy. I, whenever a pitcher's success feels weird, based on what they're doing, whenever it feels like I'm trying to figure out how they're being successful and getting, you know, and having a sub three ERA or, um, you know, that good of a whip or whatever, whenever it feels weird to me, it's generally because it is weird and unlikely to repeat. Um, And that just could be something that is me anecdotally about, I can't really objectify that as much as I want to um objectify objectively say that as much as i want to um but tristan mckenzie's fastball isn't as good as i want it to be the curveball had a lot of whiffs but isn't not as good as we want it to be the slider is so dang inconsistent it drives me mad and i i think the walk rate is going to get worse i think i think it's going to be fine but he is not a complete pitcher um, I actually am really curious about his weight more than anyone else, because generally what you see are these skinny guys um, over time, they gain stability and command once they fill out more. Just means, you know, when you're going through your mechanics, like you have more strength to be able to repeat mm-hmm. as opposed to allowing gravity and motion to overtake you, right? Um, he's so skinny and you have to believe they're not just like, ah, man, you're good. They're saying, no, here's a weight plan. This is what you do. Um, I'm curious to see if he's added some weight by now. And if he has, I might believe into it a little bit more that he might have stability and consistency. I, but yeah, I, Nestor Cortez's fastball is so underrated. What Andrew McCutcheon tweeted about it is 100% true. Um, and I think because we see the lower velocity, we don't care, but... Do you realize that Christian Javier's 93-94 is actually better than Spencer Strider's 100? Um, it's kind of wild. And don't let don't let Nessa Cortez's velocity mess you up. The cutter's good. The, the slider's good, too. Winning ball club. Winning ball um, club. Uh, that's one of the biggest takeaways I had from First Pitch Arizona. Uh, wins are harder to find or actually easier to find just harder to get right it's easy to find them that team wins um but they're harder to collect um than usual Mm -hmm. uh and go go have guys that play on winning clubs the guardians they should win some amount but not like the yankees um yeah i I think tristan mckenzie is not someone i'm gonna be targeting this year personally it's annoying yeah you you listen to my podcast already that's not fair (laughs) I wanted an actual, like, I want to hear what you thought without any sort of bias of what I said. Uh, you know, it sounds like you gave me that, though. I, I, I also, you know, am thinking, too, a little bit about the, you know, obviously, um, it was a phrase like, oh, it's essential beating up on other central teams. Um, I know by the work that Jeff Zimmerman did in the process showed a little bit of a breakdown about how each division played another division and um so i'm interested to see how how he's going to be impacted by 
you know, actually the first thing I saw, like, oh, they went to the NL West a lot. And I went to his game log. Oh, well, how did you in course? And he did fine. <laughs> so I was like, can't bump that game, you know? So, yeah, right. um, you know, he, he, they didn't play the NL East at all. Uh, so mm. that's a pretty good division as well. So, um, and they played the, a and they played the AL East, um, a ton, um, that will go down a little bit. And again, once you lower each game playing a, a division per pitcher, it's not going to be a huge number, but you know, this, when yeah. you were trying to get so granular with a, a 90th overall pick, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's 30 picks different than course has right now. 30 oh, picks. Oh yeah. Don't correct that. Go, correct go, it. go set them in. Go, go do it, Rob. <laughs> I'm going to wait until March when the big bucks roll around. Uh, there you go, right? <laughs> um, no, I, that is really interesting to me. The uh, like, NFBC ADP also is is different because draft and holds, draft champions, right? And, mm -hmm. and Gladiator, they they make things weird. Yeah, um, you got to set the filter on that. Otherwise, you're going to make your head spin. But, but the thing is, we haven't really had too many of the weekly ones, like the actual weekly fab draft no yet. no not yet and You're that's right, a completely correct. different animal where i mm -hmm. think like injured any sort of injury risk is so depressed um in draft and holds and so that's why it's wheelers after 50 uh as we saw yesterday i'm like wheelers by number four so i uh, which i know i've gone back and forth on that one a lot about like how hurt is wheeler or not and at the end of the day i'm like dude through 99 chad game six of the world series let's go <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it, it was it was slower in that game too but he came back at 399 i'm like all right i'm in i uh, so uh that's the, that's the worst part rob i really wish i i wish someone could just tell me how many innings these guys are all going <laughs> like or just just say he won't get hurt great right <laughs> thank you that's all i need in uh, Predicting volume is the hardest thing in the offseason. I complain about it every time, and I'm so sorry. I'm sure you're, everyone's sick of me complaining about it. But, man, it's just it, – it's 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 everything with it. You look at the player raider stuff out of the end of the year. Well, this guy had a player raider of this. Like, it doesn't matter. He didn't get hurt. Right. <laughs> he got, like, more wins for some reason. Great. There's the player raider. Like, ah, uh, drives me nuts. <laughs> you need the, um, the uh, sports almanac from Back to the Future. Oh yeah. Uh, well, no, no. I want to guess like how good they are. <laughs> uh, like their their volume, their health is not is, is part of it, but it's not the fun of it. Like predicting health is annoyingly such a huge part of any projection system. Like right. even the you know I was I was very lucky one year to be the second best ranker of starting pitchers for fantasy pros one year, right? And I think that was because I had some guys that were like consensus were like 100 i had like a 45 or something like that i don't know i don't know what it was someone broke out and i for whatever reason had that guy or something okay go me i but the thing is like in other seasons just about like oh hey in your top 20 who got hurt who didn't you know like it's it happens like that so often in it because those are best ball projections which is not the case you're not drafting a best ball team <laughs> don't tell anyone but all those all the projection stuff is for a best ball league and you're not in a best ball league um but uh but yeah it's it's again the that fancy pros thing is like hey can you guess the right innings for everyone congrats here's your reward so so how did that how is that graded like is there a universal way they they decide how more accurate you were than the next person they is have it, a whole they have a whole process they have a whole um, process yeah, yeah i'm yeah, sure yeah. there's 
a lot it, of it's about the top it. 40 my understanding okay is that your top 40 like the top 40 player raider and then compared to your top 40 and then if someone entered the top 40 how close was yours into that top 40 um i, I think it's something like that i don't know okay. i i honestly suggest everybody not to not to spend time on it <laughs> no, yeah. uh, it, it doesn't matter just wondering how they matter. would calculate something like we that. We are in yeah. the business of good discussion, not being right. Because <laughs> if you're in the business of being right, you're going to be out of this business next year. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to tell you I'm correct. Oh, gosh. I'm wrong so often. It hurts. It, 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 I mean, I'm sure you feel like this too at times where your emotions can be guided by how well a, another human performs, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Isn't that, that's not fair. <laughs> I'm sitting on the beach and my wife's like, what's wrong? Nothing. Don't worry. Yeah. Aaron Nola didn't do well today. You know, <laughs> yeah, like some random thing. It's thing's. just, you know, stupid. it's stupid. It, it's dumb. And obviously, you know, I say this all the time to anybody that like, I mean, of course I get hate tweets all the time. Everyone does. You can't be in this industry without it. Right. You have to have <laughs> thick skin on that. But what I often say back is like, Hey, you weren't angry at me when I made the pick. Mm. If you're not angry at me when I made the pick, then you can't be angry at me now. Right. You know? Yep. I, uh, so that, that's how it is because I'm not I'm not telling you this is what's going to happen. This is why I think it's going to happen, and I hope I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Okay, so we have a dead end ball last year from last couple of seasons, except when Garrett Cole pitched. Yeah, except when Garrett Cole pitches the whole <laughs> Toby screaming to the mountains about that one for sure. The goal was that was that ball. is that Toby thing? Alex Alex Fast brought it up on our yeah, OTC yeah. podcast. Yeah, last Toby night. brought it up too. Yeah, and that's yeah. brilliant. And Fast did the maths in five of the six games. Judge it a home run where Cole pitched in that in like the like second half of last year, like five of mm -hmm. six bad games that Cole had with his fastball. Uh-huh. Or when yeah. The Yankees home run to fly ball rate in that time. Massive yeah. difference than the other teams. Yeah, you're a Met fan. I understand. Harrison Bader <laughs> going on a five home run run, you know, in the playoffs. Was no, that that's real? Not, yeah, that's real. That's Harrison Bader. <laughs> I, okay, wait, 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 wait. I, I really want to set one thing clear. You can look through my receipts on Twitter. I was for the Harrison Bader Jordan Montgomery deal when it happened. Mm -hmm. Because I, it was exactly what it was, right? The right. Yankees did not need a number five starter. They had the AL East locked up. Jordan Montgomery in the playoffs was not going to be a value. And they knew in the offseason they were going to replace the number five starter. They got Frankie Montas. Uh, they, Nestor Cortez, Severino, Cole. They had that for next year, those four. They were going to pursue someone. Carlos Rodon, there you go. Justin Verlander, they were trying to pursue, right? They realized that the number five starter was Jordan Montgomery, their biggest asset. They had a really good season. Let's lean with that. Mm -hmm. So I... Uh, so, so they yeah, traded no, I don't him think away. that was a terrible deal. I don't think it was. And they needed a center fielder so bad. They yeah. knew they didn't want Hicks in the center in center field. And they knew that Bader was going to be healthy before the playoffs started and that they'd have him for 2023. And so they made this play knowing, look, Montgomery versus Domingo Herman, what, you lose two games based on that yeah. across eight starts? I mean, that's generous for Montgomery to say that he is a two-war difference from from Domingo Herman across eight games left in the year, right? And they got Harrison Bader for that. I I thought it was great. I'm glad it worked out for the Yankees in the playoffs ultimately. Glad it worked out for the Cardinals because clearly Montgomery is a good fit for them there. Everybody's mm -hmm. happy. That's all I got to say. I'm just I, shocked I, I, they actually went went and, and traded Waldachuk and Wisniewski too. I thought those would have been like good depth pieces too for maybe the playoffs mm -hmm. or even this year. 
No. I mean, Wisniewski in the pen, they thought that Efros would have been more helpful for them. Right. Which he yeah. was, honestly, he was until he wasn't. Until, until he, he Efrost them. Yeah. Well, the Chuck, I'm more interested in, in J.P. Sears in Oakland. Um, hmm. I think there's more. I think there's oh. more hope with the fastball, but more more hope does not mean I am hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Let's be there's clear. There's a difference there. JP Sears <laughs> is not doing enough. Um, I understand he comes with the Sears discount, but you don't want it. Oh, there we go. The Sears discount. This this it, oh, the nickname thing too. You you're fabulous with the nickname. They just gotta <laughs> throw that in there. It's just like oh, you have all these different names debatable. for people. Um, I mean, is there a pitcher that doesn't have a nickname? And can you make a nickname on the fly? Can sure, we like play need? a game where we just like where do pick you a want? pitcher? Who do you, want, who do you want a pitcher to have a nickname? Which one? <sighs> does Nestor Cortez have a nickname yet? Nestor Cortez. Well, I mean, yeah, he does publicly. Oh. It's uh, oh, okay. I mean, I'll I'll call him the Conqueror if you want. Oh, the, the Conqueror. Okay. All right. Right. I mean, it's not fun. I don't like that because Cortez was actually a horrible human. Um, and what he did was a terrible thing um but then again Nestor Cortez is so good <laughs> so yeah um I mean that's what that's why I got off the top of my head there um next <laughs> okay um <laughs> oh no yeah, so, I thought you're gonna give oh, me another name I was like next. oh oh next name okay I do talk about <laughs> next topic okay <laughs> no I'll never be so rude to you Rob Jeez. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Um, let's go with um Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers. Um all right. I uh, I'll call him hmm. I have one already on top of my head, but I uh, <laughs> is it gonna trigger something else? <laughs> no, I have I have like three ones I'm debating right now. Oh I. Uh, so one is the rainbow because reading rainbow and his curveball is a rainbow. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Um, so I kind of like that. Just like he's magical. He's a rainbow. <laughs> um, you could say he's the librarian because he shushes everybody and he reads and he's like, you know, he does it by the book. Ooh. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with that one. That, right. that, this is like not much workshop and being done here. It's, okay. It's fantastic. Normally I have it and I'm just like, oh, okay. I. Uh, you know better than me i would be like the lefty the lefty <laughs> the lefty <laughs> i don't have anything else like there's no other lefty <laughs> it's just him i what think of re i don't think of, i don't i don't know i was trying to think of reed um, like, oh, okay oh, so wait, wait when i used wait, to play wait, clarinet wait. No, you no, put no, a no, reed no, no, on no, the no, no, no. he's he's called he's called the uh he's called the project because he's r d oh um, and he's like snap. a work in progress you know snap yeah, he's the project. This is fantastic. There you go. You're just uh, you're blowing my mind here, Nick. <laughs> All right, let's, I, I okay. Next I, topic. I, I, I can't believe next... it. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. So I, I was asking you about the run environment and the dead and ball, and I just mm -hmm. wanted to know if this if if it's a way to um, capitalize, I guess, in terms of building the roster construction. Um, it seems like right now power and speed are getting pushed up because a lot of you know um players got harmed with like failing so much in offense last year so that's why we see a lot of the pitching coming down but do you think it's going to be essential to have better pitching overall uh, no i don't know i th this is the kind of stuff that 
I don't care about. <laughs> How dare you, Rob, for bringing on a topic that I don't care about. No, it's it's something where we can sit here and try and outsmart the field um, for planning a certain way based on this. Mm -hmm. But it's all conjecture at this point about how the dynamic actually will change. And if that does mean, okay, if offense goes up in a certain way, how does it affect everyone? Generally, how I see this is the den ball applies to either everybody or it applies to the worst guys more. Um, but then again, that's not even fair because maybe it applies to the best guys. Like the threshold is different for everybody of, oh, if you have the, the different ball last year, you'll be surprised at who were the guys that would have allowed an extra home run or two or something. Mm -hmm. And to really nail that down, like even if we went back until I told you who those guys were last year that had the near home runs and the, the ones that would have been home runs last year, that's even no guarantee that they will in 2023 have the same fly balls that thus right. would be home runs. Same gust of um, wind, all that fun stuff. Right. Yeah. So fast had a whole thing about year over year stuff. And he found that the, the I talked about it yesterday in the OTC, the least sticky pitching stat is home run with fly ball rate. The least sticky of all of them. We talk about home runs being a problem consistently for certain guys a lot. And sure, I'm not saying that there aren't pitchers that are bad at home runs and other ones that are good at suppressing them, right? But for the most part, it's the most volatile thing a pitcher does is what home runs they allow or not. So when I hear that in ball, how are you going to adjust your strategy? I hear, I don't know how that's going to affect things. I don't know what the home run rates are anyway or of all these pitchers. Thus, nope, not touching this. Not not doing anything about it. Okay, fair enough. Absolutely. Could be the okay. very much the wrong thing. Could be a death sentence for me. But for me, it's just there's too much haze. And I have all these things that have generally worked for me. And I'm going to keep going right. with those instead. No, absolutely. I, I think that's part of, part of the approach to playing. You have to filter out what you think is chaos and what you think is not going to be actionable. And, and yeah. focus on the things that, you know, are more more concrete that won't change as drastically. You know, and, you know like, like you said, yeah. home run the fly ball rate. We know... K minus walk is, you know, just focus on that over the home run, the fly ball rate, and, and at least you'll get into a better avenue of success. Uh, streaming, is it yes. better to be more consistent with all your streamers year-round or find that one streamer who turns into like a year-long cog? The latter, team? without a doubt. Without a the doubt, The goal right? of streaming yeah. is to stop streaming. Mm. Um, I, I did a presentation at First Pitch Florida before everything shut down in 2020 called the art of streaming pitchers and the second slide was streaming sucks <laughs> <laughs> yep because it does it's yeah. it is stupid hard to do um and if you do it right in the beginning that is you're aggressive of being smart of who you go and chase in april and may you will hit all the ones that you want to i mean you're not going to hit, you're not, sorry, I, I take that back. You're not going to hit all of them. You're not going to get all of Tyler Anderson and Merrill Kelly and uh, Kyle Wright and Nestor Cortez and whoever you want at the end Strider. of the drafts last year, yeah. right? Strider and Javier, you're not going to get all mm -hmm. of them. But you have to, there, there are certain molds for each of those that you have to be aggressive in going at, and then maybe it's this one. And then you are going to get at least one. I, I play in... um. The Pitchers Legacy League, we have a relegation-based fantasy league 
for okay. a pitcher low staff. It's like essentially when you have all these staffers, what is the coolest thing you can do? Uh, a relegation fantasy league, duh. <laughs> uh, and we have three three premier leagues, and then you have also a series about six others that are all fighting to get into those one, two, three, right? So I'm in the legacy league, the top one. And every year I do this. And every year I have an amazing pitching staff by about the middle, by about June or July. Um, and it's about finding, like I had Spencer Strider on that team, believe it or not. Um, and that's the most competitive league I think I'm in, um, is that one. So it's, it's all about trying to find the things that break out and are there for their year because then you can plan around that then you can take even smarter decisions with that bench spot and really it's more important i think you'd agree on this more important to get plate appearances in a week than it is innings in a week yep Uh, and the more that you trust your pitchers especially for weekly leagues where you just lock it and you're done if you have guys that you love in those spots then you can actually focus those bench spots and gain those plate appearances instead um, and that's way more important, if you ask me. So I, I, I usually do a strategy of the first month or two focusing on those bench spots being hitter, uh, pitchers, find the things so I don't have to stream, and then go for hitters. That's not to say that I don't stream at all in season and I'm picking up guys. Lastly, you know, on the contrary, because there are oftentimes like guys stop doing it around like June and all of a sudden there's someone who's completely changed everything. I'm like, well, hi, Drew Smiley. Come on over, buddy. Yeah. We're hanging out, you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens, but it's not. It's it's with a target and a purpose, unless of like the, oh well, I guess this random dude while the Chuck is going against the Marlins, I'm going to go after that. I'm putting myself in fewer of those situations because it could be the one that's like, well, that's seven and runs on the board. Cool, great, thanks. See you later. Right, yeah, because as much as you could look at the splits of an opposing team and versus the handedness is still, it's still, you could still Get fall that into out of a here. bad trap. I, I, yeah. I cannot, I can't tell you like home road splits, by the way. Oh boy. I made Derek Cardi during our presentation at first pitch Arizona in 2021. We, it was funny to me. It was, it was genuinely entertaining where uh, I think it was Zimmerman was hosting it. Um, and I, I think it was Zimmerman or maybe it was Eric Cross. I don't remember. But it was me and Cardi talking about him. Oh, it was Mason. Jesus, how did I miss this? Uh, there are like three completely different people. Okay. <laughs> um, Mason was hosting it. And I was with, with Cardi. And I'm sitting there being like, I'm sitting next to the guy that like has the best model for streaming a picture on a given day versus me, who's just some dude. So I'm just like kicking my feet up being like, I just have a feeling, you know, all of this. Like, listen to Derek. But then I said, Derek. I know this is probably going to contradict what you're saying, but I don't care for home road splits at all because it's just random noise. It's random grouping. You take 20 games, split them in half. I guarantee you that the guy that has a 380 ERA, both sides are not going to have a 380 ERA. One is going to be like 3-3. One's going to be 4-3. And then you're going to say, oh, the one that's aside to home is like, oh, he's worse. Like, no, it's just random grouping. And I go to Derek. I expect him to completely, you know, lambast me he says oh yeah home road splits are so dumb and i go what yeah yeah <laughs> he goes park factor matters mm-hmm. but home road splits are dumb and i go Derek, can you please tweet that out right now we're literally live at a presentation and he pauses like yeah sure so he tweets out home road splits are dumb it's a twitter and then everyone's like thinking he's talking about football <laughs> It was this long chain of everyone being like confused and upset. And I was just so happy. I was like, yes. So, yeah. So a lot of those splits, I mean, left-handed, right-handedness, I don't also do a ton personally. 
um, there are times when you can identify like Jose Suarez is so good against lefties, bad against righties. So if he is actually going against a lefty-handed lineup for a certain day, okay, if you know that, fine. But I, uh, but for the most part, you just kind of throw it away. Yeah, it is. There's there's a lot of traps you could fall into for sure. So many. Even yeah, so many. Even even when I'm looking at okay, a possible pitching streamer, and I'll see okay, he's facing. The Indians. Oh, and the Indians in the last Guardians. two weeks. Oh, sorry. The Guardians in the last two weeks. you, Rob. We've come so far. Oh, my God. I'm, kidding, Rob, I'm done. I know. No, it's, it's something that's going to take like five <laughs> years for us all to get that out of our system. You know, I'm glad that we are. I, I want to say that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. All good. Um, the Cleveland baseball team. Oh, uh, no, but anyone, any team in general, you'd be looking at the split, but then you'd be like, okay, in the last two weeks, in the last 30 days, they've they've done this. But also, too, who have they faced? Yeah, while they've right. done this, you know, there's so many things you can. Oh, oh, I like this. You know, I like this team. I'm going to target this team. But then, then you might say, okay, oh well, they just faced, you know, this whole. They just faced the Yankees, and then they faced another good team of staff. It's doesn't it go. bother you that when we look at opponents, like that, you know, let's say, oh, they faced, um, I, I don't know, man, this, this, this hitter faced the Dodgers or something. Oh yeah. They face like these good pitchers or something like that. Right. That you just say, Oh yeah, he must've done. He's going to do worse. Cause he's going to face all these starters or something like that. Doesn't it bother you that like, maybe he saw Scherzer's worst slider that day. Yes. You know, or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah, that human element me. on top of like everything else. It's so hard. That to... bothers me too, Rob. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. That bothers me too. Yeah. Um, and that's all I'm going to say on that topic. I, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of splits and stuff like that. I don't get too lost in the weeds of it. Yeah, absolutely. So you're making moves in the in early in the season, trying to get that year long guy. What what is action will to like make a move on? You know, to either sure. add or cut a guy. What are the things you're looking for? Um, man. And how man, quick I, too? Like how quick gosh. do you need to see it? Like is it 20 pitches of a pitch? You're like, oh, that's him, or you know. How can we respond? How quick should we respond? No, Rob. No Come one on. knows. This is like the magic question. Like You're when the do guy. You do it? I think this is. Uh, I'm the guy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Guy. Oh. Oh, now I found all my strength in me. Jesus. <laughs> oh. I, oh. Can you just like tell me that once every day? You're like, the can guy. I get a, yeah. My alarm in the morning should be <laughs> Rob. It's just saying. You're the guy, Nick. You're the guy. Get up. That's that's all I want in my life. Um. Well, okay. So, I mean, there's two different questions you're asking here. Yes. Um, one is, at what point do you cut a pitcher in season? And then the other one is, when is it that you get excited about a guy yes. to pick him up, right? Okay. Um, for the first one, this is actually something I've, I'm trying to be aggressive on once. More times than not, I found, if a guy's doing really poorly, um, and actually deservedly so, you cut him in April. And it's really annoying to say that because sometimes these guys are really good. We should have cut Jose Brio sooner. I was oh, the biggest he, one against He's the one who, me too, no, the I one know, just but that's, in my head. It's yeah. the funniest thing to me is that like, uh, that was me fighting it as much as possible. That mm -hmm. was me trying to be the rational one, trying not to be emotional because we had Luis Castillo be really bad for six weeks before and Charlie Morton and they all turned around, you know. Um, there was a thread about... There was a thread about Blake Snell in 2021 where he was so bad for the year. And then all of a sudden, the end of July, he does really well. 
or in July, like he turns it around and it's like, this is why you don't drop him. It's like, no, you should have dropped Blake Snell. Just because it's working now, there's no guarantee that it would have. Um, it's kind of like I, I, I used to use the example of Eduardo Rodriguez having a 3-8-1 ERA in, I think it was 2019. Um, I know you're like, Nick, how on earth do you remember that? Don't worry. And I, the thing is, for you to have that ERA, uh, you would have had to held on to his 4-3-7 ERA through August 1st. And that's, there's no way you're doing that as a manager, right? Because then he went on a nice little run for six weeks, whatever, and then reclaimed it. And don't, don't play the gambler's fallacy. Like, I'm sunk cost here, like, waiting for that turnaround to happen. Sometimes it doesn't. Jose Barrios, right? Patrick Corbin on uh, 2020. Uh, so it's, it's really difficult. And I'm finding personally that with these guys, yeah, cut them sooner. Um, because then you don't get to, you don't get the guys that are betting, getting picked up then that's another roster spot. You're not getting, um, and it's the hardest thing for us to do as managers. I, I don't think I've encountered a situation that I've been in personally where I've overcut. I've only been in situations where I've undercut, which I know is a different word, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Where I, I. I've only been in situations where I've held on too long and that's burned me, but I haven't been in situations where I've been too quick and been burned. So it's why I'm trying as hard as I can. I kind of want to throw away a season for experimentation just hmm. to see like, okay, where's the line? You know, I want to keep pushing as far as I can. Um, I would say this year, like last year, Charlie Morton, it took until the middle of June to kick in. And even then wasn't perfect, but it was still better. Right. Right. And is that worthwhile? I don't know. I don't know if it is because we could have let go of it after two weeks or something like that. You know, I mean, the point is like two weeks you can't do either. Right. So when is it? It's generally yeah. a month. It's a month is generally it. May 1st arrives and you're like, oh boy, it's that time. You sit down, you pull out. So my mom would do on Sunday mornings because we didn't have the internet doing everything for us in the late 90s. She would have her checkbook out and doing all the bills. You know, that's what you do oh, May 1st, right? Balance the book, baby. Yeah, balance the book. My, and my mom had the weirdest calculator you've ever seen. <laughs> Everything had to go through the enter button. It was this strange thing. And I still don't understand it and why on earth she would ever choose to use it. But she did. Maybe it actually was a little mini computer inside of it and like held values and stuff. I don't I got to ask her about this, actually, because it always confused the heck out of me. <laughs> yes, I used heck. I'm so sorry. Anyway. Uh, sorry for cursing. Um, <laughs> Not at all. Uh, no. So that that's what it is about cutting is, I mean, obviously there are things about velocity. There's things about movement and pitch profile and results um, that obviously aid with that. I can't tell you the one magic sauce of it. Sometimes it's just a bad pitch. Right. And if it's bad, it's bad. And that's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the funny thing about Barrios is like, he's the great undulator. He is. This is what he does is he goes back and forth. But then he just never went forth. <laughs> Never went, went forth. <laughs> Never went forth and conquered. Never went forth. <sighs> but he's the type of guy, like, yeah, yeah, I was, you know, afraid to cut in my one league just because, and then you miss out on, oh, Spencer Strider's on the wire. And yeah, Christian Javier is there. Yeah, yeah. Do you Kyle take Wright is killing it. I mean, I have a whole list of these. I really should remember mm -hmm. all of them because there are so many every single year. Right. Absolutely. Ugh. So many. Um. All right, so I want to play a oh, yeah. little game here with. Wait, the wait. NFC. So if I didn't go oh. the other way. I'm so sorry. Oh. What? Oh, uh, with the um. Uh, the so cutting. who do you pick up? Yes. Who do you pick up? Um. That is all about. 
honestly, it's as simple as getting whiffs. Do you have velocity? Do you have opportunity? Um, I mean, when I watch a guy, if he has good velocity and the fastball is getting strikes without getting destroyed, that is my favorite thing. It's not actually the slider getting whiffs. It is the opposite. First, you need the fastball that you trust. It's rare for there to be a guy on the waiver wire that has three stellar pitches. That just doesn't happen. He's either in a great situation already. I, I That just doesn't just appear. It's usually mm -hmm. two things if, if you're lucky. So if it's just one, I want to be the heater and not be a breaking ball. Because if it's just one breaking ball, then it's usually you don't, you're going to get crushed. But it's the Waskari Noah problem is what Wasker. I learned. That was my lesson, oh, lesson about Waskari Noah. I mean, first of all, don't, don't punch a bench. But second of all, if you are going to trust a guy, two pitch pitcher especially, they both need to be elite pitches. And Striders and Greens, Hunter Green, I'm actually way more in than I used to be. He is, he is Spencer Strider and Christian Javier. I didn't realize that at first. Um, but he actually developed into that, and I believe it a lot more now than I used to. He's rising up massively from my October one. I, like I have him at like I sixty agree. something, but like no, he's he's like could be like thirty or something for me. It's it's yeah. Woo! I actually I think I'm gonna have him ranked above uh, Tristan McKenzie. Yeah. Wow. I, I love yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, they're not. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say they're not that far in ADP. They're like thirty off an ADP or something. Yeah. 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 He he he's getting a lot of rise too. A lot of people are looking at that second it's, half. Well, what ha this is what and, happened in the second yeah. half with Hunter Green was um, final six starts. It's it's interesting because most of them, pretty much all of them, were against like the worst opponents, and it's right. really annoying. And I hate that. I hate that so much. I hate that he can like. It's a little seeping black ooze of doubt. That's like, yo, you don't pay rent. I don't want you here, <laughs> and it ruins everything. You know, just it just dilutes the whole confidence that you want to have. But Hunter Green also, um, also threw high fastballs finally, like with consistently. Then it, it, with consistency, it was great. Zach Dobrov, I is awesome, and he used to work with the Mets and stuff too. Uh, and he sent me to something that was a Hunter Green hit chart in the second half, and where all the hits came from off his fastball. Like, None of them are in the top half. Wow. None. <laughs> and I think that should tell you everything you need to know. So really, the, the, a bet on Hunter Green is a bet on the four-seamer staying up. So high lock being above 60%, right? If he can do that, like, he's a stud beyond belief. Um, But I... Before but yeah, I forget, so, Nick, sorry. Yeah, I wanted to ask ahead. you... Um, I wrote this down earlier and I forgot to ask you, but what what is the difference between vertical attack angle and high lock? Like throwing high in his own... Oh, and, sure, sure. Um, yeah. Well, okay, so attack angle has to do with um, release point uh, and how the ball is approaching the strike zone. Right. So I... So vertical, the VAA um, could be on any... is It's on any location of a pitch. Mm-hmm. I uh, so you know if you, if you have an extreme high VAA so if you see like an Alex Chamberlain's amazing pitch leaderboard you'll see the negative uh you see like anywhere from about negative four to like negative I guess eight or so yeah. um on like a curveball and uh if it's negative eight that means it's a really extreme 
So I have my hand above my hand right now as it falls straight down. And that's good for a sinker, right? If you're going to the bottom of the zone. That means it's just really hard to figure out the timing of the batter to hit that. But if it's the flatter you get, now I'm essentially pointing um, horizontally into my hand, you know, on a line, um, making it kind of like 90 degrees with my palm going up and my the ball going flat into my palm. I, if you do that, then the angle of the bat, which is always a natural curve going up, right? Um, the flatter you are, the higher you want the pitch to be. If it's low, that's actually where the bat plane is going to be. The, if you throw a flat ball low, the plane of the bat going through the zone is going to match the entrance velocity uh, angle of the ball. Right. But if it's high, batters need to uppercut more. So the angle the bat is going is going to be at a steeper one than the ball is. Thus, there's less uh, less spot or less, uh, less um, intersection of the mm -hmm. bat and the ball. Uh, so that's VAA. And VAA at like, the, I looked up the Groms right before this call. Actually, the best VAA in the majors last year, if you guess on any fastball, who would it be, would you say? The best VAA. Uh, on the any flattest, fastball. Yeah, the flattest one, the lowest one. So, I mean, that would be the best one that would uh, would achieve the best results up in the zone. Hmm. Okay. We've mentioned his uh, name on this podcast. It's Javier, right? Yes. Javier? Look yeah. at you. Christian Javier, negative 3.9. Uh, DeGrom, I think, is around like negative four. Uh, you know, like he's right there. And it's why these fastballs are as good as they are at the top of the zone, because they, they're just harder to hit, not because of just the movement, but also they're coming in at a harder angle to make contact with. Right. So that's VAA. High lock is just the location that the ball ultimately of goes where it in. ends up. Yeah. yeah. Got so it. you want a low VAA with a lot of high lock. Now, if you have a very steep one, if you have like an, you know, if you have a sinker, like you have Logan Webb's sinker, which has the most drop of any sinker in the majors. You want that to be a very steep VAA. So you want it to be like an, or something like that right you're not going to get that in a sinker but you know you want it not to be flat you want it to be steep so that the drop is more emphasized which means it's super hard so to 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 hit a droplet falling down right than it is one that's coming at you right uh so that's that's how vaa works um and it's it's most important really for fastballs i mean you can make an argument that the steeper the curveball the better too um but uh but generally we see the impact most with with fastballs if you want to learn more about it definitely watch the um, alex chamberlain's pitch con presentations pitch con, on youtube yep. from last yep. year i've read um ethan moore's articles and alex's yep. article That's a great one. yeah yeah they're pretty <clears throat> they're pretty informative i just know like some people sometimes you know dm me or talk to me about that and they just kind of don't know the difference and i yeah. thought it would we're, be we're getting it we're getting it on the site don't worry yeah oh good because yeah gotta have like, that like come on i gotta have <clears throat> everything rob I need everything because i love alex but his leaderboard is still stuck on september 4th and it's driving me nuts oh really he doesn't have any no i need to know the last month oh wow that's actually please, know that. alex please <laughs> I'm, I'm begging you it's getting close to season time i need it oh yeah man. no but i love looking at that and you know because like even average um alex has it has a column too against against average, like the VAA against average too column. Right. Um, but it's it's you know it's good to run through that and you know like you see a guy like Joe Ryan right only throws ninety. Joe Ryan has a super two, good but VAA. Super, I think it was yeah, top five. Yeah. I think it was yep. top five in VAA too. I yeah, I'm actually is. a huge Joe Ryan fan for this year. Yeah, I'm in. I like him. He's like he would be in my four of like a guy you're never dropping. 
yeah, I'm looking at the list right now. I see Javier, Freddie Peralta, Joe Ryan, Dustin May, Josiah Gray. What did he? Oh, God. Well, Josiah Gray doesn't surprise me because he actually, on delivery, he almost scratches his knee. Uh, if you remember, like he does a big dip. And I'm not right. surprised at all by it. And actually, that's what made me like it at first. I think his command is really bad and doesn't get enough uh, rise on it, I think is the problem. But I could be wrong about the rest. I just part. see, I see, I see Logan Webb, Luis Castillo, and then I see JP Sears. Let's oh, yeah, go. But, yeah. Let's go. Uh, oh, no. Uh, Luis Castillo is actually in the top 10 of four seamers, um, yeah. BAA. Yeah. That's, um, that's what I'm I pulled up right now, the four seamers. Telling yeah. you right now, get oh, Luis Castillo, man. It's such a good four seamer. I think I had a 19% swing strike rate against right handers last year, if I remember correctly. Maybe not. Maybe that was someone else. I think it was Castillo, though. Hold on. How do you remember what, this what's stuff the next question? Well, it's because I'm I'm getting myself immersed right now. I'm figuring out what my talking points are for every single guy. Well, see, it's like so what my job heard, is now for the next two months. <laughs> I heard you talk about Cody Morris on your pod. And so he had 31 four seamers last year. Well, up till September 4th. <laughs> and the VAA was minus four. Is that is that enough of a sample to like say this is good? Like this is where it needs to be. Cody Morris is interesting. I think his stuff yeah, is, he is interesting. Is, is, is better than we thought. I mean, I didn't hear anything about him. I watched the game. I was like, huh, this kind of works. Like, it's not, he's not going to be in any way, like entering, I, I, the way I like to think of a player Raider isn't for the performance of this year. I think of it as where is he going to get drafted this time next year? Because mm. I think that is a better indication of them, right? It's not like, Look, we're not jumping over the fence trying to get Miles Michaelis right now, right? <laughs> like, we know. That was weird. Uh, so, for Cody Morris, I could see him actually becoming, like, inside the top 250, 200 starters next year this time. If he gets an opportunity to start. Um, which is, I mean, it's, for me, he's the number six right now. So, yeah. something needs to happen. Watch Zach Plesak just is like, yeah, whatever. I'm done playing baseball. I mean, um, if he just does one more thing to really be like, what are you doing, dude? You know, one yeah, of those right. moments. He's already yeah. had three or four. To, I don't know how many he's going to yeah. get. Savali <laughs> has had, yeah. Uh, Savali has had injury questions yes. um, in the past. So maybe that is it too. But yeah, Cody Morris. I mean, I think he's a prime example of, you want a Toby? Yeah, you can find these in the in the league where you don't need a draft as the season goes on, right? And Cody Morris could just be one that shows up. Um, he's prime example of that. I had a, I had a lot of him last year in, in draft champions. He was really Cody going, Morris. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't know he existed. Sorry. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, and props <laughs> to you in Yeah. No, in 21, he, he was awesome in triple a, even in double a, he, he just was. Yeah. You see Rob, prospects don't exist until they become a major leaguer to me. Okay. <laughs> I play, I play in the dynasty league. So I have to, yeah, I have to be, I can't, I got into a league with, very good players and a lot of prospect guys and i can't be getting fleeced too much <laughs> so the, the the cody morris but you know what i found that it actually helped me when it came to draft champions because you know in these drafting holds when you're in the 49th 50th round and you're looking for this home run kind of pick um i already had a little bit of a knowledge on them so it, it helped it helped for sure to get my player pool expanded on but yeah i had a lot of cody morris last year and then he got hurt and when he came back, I was like, yes, here's my savior. It's my 47th pick savior coming back for me. And um, yeah, I'm hoping for good things this year too. Yeah, oh, I, I hope so. I, that's always, that's the, like the fun for me. I remember this time last year, you saw Mitch Keller with Tread Athletics. 
And he was like 550 on ADP or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, this is better. I don't think he's worth your 12 round, uh, 12 team draft pick, but like he's not 550 in ADP. You know, he just threw 100.9 on the gun. Like, okay, okay, come on. That has to be better. (laughs) And it was, but I hated Mitch Keller the entire year. But right, but that's that's always the fun part for me, right? I said that Tyler Bidu was my number one sleeper. He didn't even pitch a single inning of men, you know, and that was because he was the number one sleeper. Again, not twelve teamer, but the fact that he was like six hundredth in ADP and could have been the fifth spot. And then Carlos Rodon went to the Giants, and that was all gone. But I, but still, and now like he's in the, Japan, right? Yeah. Um, this year, I'm trying to think of who are the like, who are the super intriguing ones that don't have a spot right now that I'm so interested in when they do start. I think the, the first ones that come to mind are Johan Aviedo, um, Adrian Morejon, um, and, and the Padres, right? Yeah, Padres. He was throwing, oh, he was throwing gas he last was. year. A little wild, right? Moving but away I from mean, the changer to go to a slider yeah. instead. It's kind of cool. But they like said, that, no, we want Lugo Seth to Lugo. start over you. <laughs> I, well, I think it's them being careful. Because Moreno right. had uh, Tommy John, they're like you know easing that back in. Uh, but those three, I mean, Tyler McGill still, honestly, like, yes, agree. Verlander, Scherzer, Carrasco, come on, we know that that's not gonna be the rotation all year, right? Yes. <laughs> Something's happening. And then Peterson, honestly, Peterson is not nearly as good as that slider wants you to think. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's gonna repeat a twenty-seven percent swing strike rate, and then everything's gonna go downhill after that. Yeah, that's a big that's a big number to match again. Oh yeah, no, not a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. Totally agree with that. All right. Well, that was that was a good run off the VAA. It was good. That's that's what we do, you know? We go off the, <laughs> the deep end a little. Okay, so using some ADP from draft champions, they're from December first to uh the day that I sent you the doc. I think it was probably like a week ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Five days like ago, that, sure. sure. I wanted to see a couple of your um, different spots in the draft. May you have a best value in the top 100 as well as the biggest disappointment in the top 100. And you can't biggest say Dylan Cease. You can't say Dylan <laughs> Well, you can. You can. You could shit on him all you want because that'll well, just make. Well, excuse you. you. You have not cursed this entire time. <laughs> and it's been so kind to me, Rob. I mean, I know it's your podcast. You can do what you want. <laughs> But I, I was really appreciative. And then all of a sudden, boom. What? <laughs> no. No. I'm looking at this right now. No. Spencer Strider is the sixth pitcher off the board. I'm not counting Shohei because that's dual. Sixth guy off the board. Sixth starter. I mean, there's Hader and there's Diaz. Am I seeing this right? This can't be right. It's right. This is, oh, my gosh. No. Guys, no. 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 Too high? <laughs> too high yes <laughs> what you think it should be higher than this who's what's too high the guys drafting him or or the number <laughs> oh there you go rob there it is unbelievable you, you know what yeah i don't i don't want the sure thing i want to take the stupid ridiculous thing i mean oh my gosh spencer strider is carlos rodon Except Carlos Rodon is on a winning ball club and just did 178 innings. Like it's not on a winning ball club too. Yeah, okay, that's fair. No, that's a very good point. But he'll be trusted to, I think, go deeper than than Strider. But maybe I'm wrong about that. 
but 178 innings has done it for a longer period of time. Um, Rodon's four seamer is absolutely elite. Slider yep. misses all the bats. I mean, it's pretty funny. If you like, you look at swing strike rate, uh, strike rate. Um, yeah, swing strike rate and strike rate uh, for the four seamer and slider with Rodon, Strider, Green, and Javier. It's like the same for for all of them, right? I mean, like car contacts are kind of the same too, and everything. But yeah, it, those are the same performances for the most part. It's wild to me. There's an argument to be made about Strider's health being in question, considering his. Uh, I mean, he had a small, small health thing last year, um, and throwing that hard is generally correlated with injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Rodon. Like, sure, he's he's a guy that I trust more because he does the Verlander method of starting slow and ramping up as the game goes on. I trust that so much more. I know the shoulder thing in 2021, but Rodon did it last year. He just went and did it. Yes, he did. 78 innings. Like, we're, we're past this, guys. Rodon is, is better. So that's my biggest disappointment. Spencer Stratus is, why are you doing this risk? And then, yes, he says right after. This is so big. Brandon Woodruff's right there. Beautiful. He had Raynaud's disease. And he fixed it. And then went 124 innings of a 2-3 ERA, a one whip, and a 31% K rate. Like, uh, why not that? Why don't you want that? (laughs) Shiny new toy. I guess yeah. I, I guess I guess everyone sees the case per nine. They see that projection systems, you know, pretty much all of them are have them above twelve K K per nine. I guess they feel like even in the hundred and fifty possible innings, it's still gonna be better. Yeah, no. Than Woodruff's. No. They just I'm telling you no. So you think he's gonna be the biggest <laughs> well, um I also I also I do want to emphasize too, I think what's overlooked a little bit. Let's say you have a guy go 150 innings versus 180 innings. Um, same ratios, same strikeouts, right? 180 innings are 30%, sorry, uh, 20% more valuable because of you get the expression of the ERA and whip for 20% more innings. That's a huge deal. You know, right. we like to equate it, say 150, 180, 20% more innings. Gain that extra 30, right? Don't overlook that. Um, it's why I have Wheeler and, and Alcantara as high as I do. Um, and why I, you know, I love Aaron Nola and I love Luis Castillo. These guys are doing the things for what I believe will be more volume. Um, it's still to be seen. I'm not saying that it can't happen. We saw Alec Manoa. I actually, Alec Manoa is built to go 190 innings. You just look at him like he's going to throw 190 innings but he went and did that fine um i get that strider can go 100 even if you're saying 150 i get i i get that he could go 170 180 it's possible but man as the number six starting pitcher off the board number five starting pitcher off the board burns cole alcantara Degrom, strider can't do that not for me not for me no Mm-mm. Any concern with uh, Sugar Shane with the second half drop? and Not as much. Uh, he came back for the playoff seven innings, five and runs, looked like himself. The velocity was all there. It was a shoulder impingement. It wasn't a shoulder yes. strain or a tear. 
that's a big, big difference. Uh, and I imagine when he came back, he also had the neck spasms, and he was just kind of spooked and like, I'm being careful and not going 100%, which I, I would have done. You just had two things mess you up. You're out of rhythm. You're not there. You know, you're like worried that something's going to happen right now. And then he pitched through it. He's fine. He's good. He pitched in the playoffs. Now is the whole offseason. There's nothing, no news or anything about any injury with, with McClanahan. No, nothing. He's in my book, he's fine, but I'm still depressing him a little bit of like, hey, there might be something. I'm not right. neglecting it. I have him at seven personally. Um, but I think it's a higher chance that he pitches more innings than DeGrom and Scherzer. So he's at seven as opposed to those guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Shane here is, seems right to me. Yeah, I saw when he came back, I mean, or even the second half, just, there was a point where his horizontal release started getting wonky, but the velo was still there, but it just maybe it didn't have yeah. the same shape or whatever when it was getting out of play because it was from a different slot. But yeah, I agree. The impingement is, is definitely less of a concern, but it's still something that lingers, I guess, a little bit in the back of my head. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's also Urias here, who I was more in on before, but now I'm actually down on uh, Scott White. Um, I talked to him on the CBS pod, which I can't believe that I was invited to. Thank you, Frank Stample. Uh, and he made a comparison of Julio Urias being Max Freed. And okay, the more and more I agree with him on it. I mean, Urias has the best pitch of the lot with his curveball. Um, but Urias is not a strikeout guy. Uh, and I do value, I think I've actually, it's funny. I go back and forth. I used to be like only strikeouts matter. Ha ha. Okay. Kid get in line, you know? Uh, and then I, so I turned down, but like, oh, you know what? I really understand how certain guys get their outs and everything like that. Say no, Kantara, I love you. And then so does, uh, Zach, by the way, it's part of my evening routine. I just say in San Diego, Kantara, I love you. Um, but, uh, but but Urias actually does struggle to get strikeouts, and there actually are a really good number of guys who go 180 innings that are good ratios, solid amount of strikeouts. Like, I can throw in um, Alec Manoa in there. I can go Joe Musgrove. I can go Yu Dar Darvish. Uh, kind of Kevin Gausman. I haven't really determined how I feel about Gausman quite yet. I think his splitter and fastball are both elite, but I need to really understand better about why did he allow such a high Babbitt? And I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that just looks at a Babbitt and says, well, that's bad luck. Let's move on. Like, you do not set a record for Babbitt and just all of a sudden go back to normalcy. Like, it, it, something's up. Something's going on. Could just be the Toronto defense in their home park, but that's not changing. So, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly where I stand there, but, but yeah. It, I know, because that's something everyone's mentioning, but... Again, we can't really pin our head on why maybe that's completely happening, you know? Yeah, we don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry I don't have that answer yet today. I haven't done the, the the Blue Jays yet for my podcast. I have like four teams left. I have the Rays, the Rangers, the, the Blue Jays, and the Nationals. So he caught me. He caught me a couple days too early, Rob. God. Uh, he did have a crazy Babip in, 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 in full count. Which is pretty, pretty oh, really? wild. Oh, that's that's fun. Six hundred. Oh, oh yeah, throwing Zach Gallon into that mix too. Yeah, he's part Zach of the Allen. the the twenty four aces of dubs. <laughs> okay, so so let's let's go to this one grouping I had, and I want you to pick one guy from this group 
It's um, you got it. All right, here we go. All right, <laughs> ADP battle. We got Chris Bacton at one fifty four, Luis Garcia uh-huh. one fifty four, Dustin May one five eight, Jor Jormont one sixty, Chris Sale one sixty one, Pablo Lopez one sixty six. Who do you this, got? This isn't even close. Chris Sale. No. Okay. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, no, it's Chris Bassett. Uh, yeah. Chris Bassett and Pablo Lopez. I, I have no interest in Luis Garcia. Uh, I, I think whenever you see, so I think someone told me this. I really wish I remembered who. It might have been Eno. Because I mean, everything Eno says is brilliant. Uh, if a team isn't, fa- isn't confident in a player, you shouldn't be confident in the player. There's a reason why a team doesn't buy into a player. Right. And, you know, we can yell and say, like, oh, man, what, give get this guy the opportunity. Do this, do that, do that. But if they strip it away and sometimes and they don't really lean on it. Like, we were yelling for Josh James to be a starting pitcher or something like that. Oh, know, yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> Stuff like that. And Luis Garcia was not trusted by the Astros in the playoffs. They just like, no, we are not doing this. I don't really think that Luis Garcia has himself figured out yet. Uh, the slider does get a lot of whiffs at times, but then he's inconsistent with it. The fastball gets hit a little too hard, and then the cutter is really good, but then he stops using it, and then he uses the curveball sometimes. It's, it's just kind of this mess. And I, I kind of want to just avoid it completely. Um, Chris Bassett, he has a really good slider and cutter and curveball. His curveball is actually really good. He's throwing it more and is having more success. And he was like, throw me your curveball, Chris Bassett. He was like, no, it's only good because of the situations. And he throws it more and has success. And it's like, yeah, just listen to Eno. Jeez, guys, like, come on, it's not hard. Yeah. I saw and, the hard, a hard contact on his curve. It's 8% compared to the league average of 24. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's nuts. Now, keep in mind, hard contact still has to end the event in some way. So yes. walk, strikeout, or this. And he does get strikeouts on it a lot. That does limit how much of that is actual hard contact. Still, 8% is, <laughs> uh-huh. they don't put it in play aggressively, uh, Chris Bassett. Anyway. It's like, so when you see on the curveball, like the swinging strike, um, you know, goes from 20% to 11-2. Is that something like that's of concern, even though it's a great pitch? Or is that just like an approach to the pitch in general? Uh, so, yeah, so you're saying the 20% uh, swing strike of Chris Bass in 2021 versus the 11%. This is both on the curveball usage. So 6% usage in 2021, 14.5%, right? So the sample of those swing strikes, he only threw 153 of them in 2021 and then he threw 418 2022 uh that's going to be for me the biggest tell uh of that pitch not to mention two strike rate was 77 percent in 2021 for chris bass's curveball so not only did he throw it more he threw it more as you mentioned or suggested the situation was much more favorable for a swing strike then 2022 went down to 31 percent usage on two strike counts so he threw it a lot more earlier in counts um actually 66 percent usage which is huge I uh, early encounter right? two thirds of the time we threw a curveball. It was um, 0010 or 11 um, or, or 01. So that is going to be telling us to why Chris Bassett had that drop in swing strike rate. I'm not going to look at that much. So as you mentioned, 8% hard contact rate, still good batting average allowed. Um, all the stuff that you want to see strike rate right around 60%, which is fine. I'm okay with that with a curveball. It's a bad average um it's yeah it's a really good pitch and he threw it more almost three times the amount so uh, two and a half times that's good for me no homers off the curve uh, yeah i mean you normally don't see too many honestly yeah uh, because they pick their spots with it 
Yeah. Uh, generally, curveball is the easiest pitch to hit out when you make contact because of the backspin. That's it. Yeah. Right. But uh, but then that means you actually need to hit it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, it's not just like, oh, swing more at them because you'll hit them out more. It's like, no, when you do get loft on them, which is hard to do considering it's the most extreme VAA, uh, then, all right, then you can do stuff. So, yeah, this is why you don't throw high curveballs. Yep. Sure, they have high strike rates, are called strike rates, but when they're swung at, that's called a hanger. Uh, <laughs> so, Ladies and gentlemen, that's called a <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's what it is. It's just like... Yep. You never want to see high lock. I don't care what anyone says. I know that drive. I was like, no, hey, called strikes are really good on high curveballs. We, you know, but hmm, I almost said something I shouldn't have said, and I, that's good. Uh, but yeah, you want it to be low lock. You want low lock all day on curveballs. His low lock 62% is fine. You know, it's league average. Um, I love to see 75%, 80%. That's where the good stuff is. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I don't know why the Mets signed Senga and let him go. I'm, I'm really, you, man. I'm really so confused about it. Like we saw what Chris Bassett was. We saw him even too with, with Scherzer and DeGrom just mixing in like just that competitive brain constantly fidgeting and doing things in a bullpen. It's like, wow, he just, Chris Bassett's fantastic. such a gamer. I know. I'm so mad about that move. Yeah. I, I don't know why, why? Yeah. I don't why? get it. I, but at least he's on the <sighs> winning ball club now. So, oh yeah. And yes. he signed to some, some mediocre team. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, right. so Dustin Mays too. Like, I don't know what we're gonna get. He had one good game. His sinker, for all of its movement, isn't actually that good. Uh, it's really, really hinges on the breaking ball, getting as many whiffs as possible. Jerome Montgomery, I covered yesterday on on that will come out in the podcast later this month. Uh, Jerome Montgomery is fine. He's fine. He's fine. fine. <laughs> Chris Bassett just does what he does better and more believable. Uh, Chris Sale, there's too much confusion about. A, is the change going to come back? B, is the slider going to be as dominant as before? And C, is the fastball velocity going to be there? And D, is it going to be healthy enough? I'm, I'm all for it in 12-teamers because you usually can get it past the point that you have with the guys that you want to have, right? Like, you know, you can get them as an SP5 or even 6 in a 12-teamer. And I'm like, yes, because that has honestly has still a top 30 SP potential. But otherwise, I don't want to do it. I'd rather, yeah, the guys right before these, man, Luzardo and Joe Ryan and Lance Lynn, are you kidding? Oh, those are the best. I love Luzardo. I have a lot of Luzardo right now. <laughs> Jeffrey Springs is going after all of these, and I kind of want him after Chris Bassett um, instead of the others, despite being a garbage human. Uh, that was same yeah. with John Gray. John yes. Gray, one ninety three. Yes, I mean love for that. John Gray. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. The other two um, guys that I wanted to ask you about, the Rays teammates, they're 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 right next to each other in the ADP is, is Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen. I know uh, Jeffrey Springs has that coveted sinker O swing that you that you love so much. Is 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 that pushing you? Because I've I've heard you talk about him. I see it in the rankings, and I, I'm guessing you tilted more toward Jeffrey Springs this year. Yeah, than, so than... I he does, but he doesn't really throw the sinker much. It was only five percent usage, right? Um, last year, I I mean, what Springs does is really good pitch separation. Uh, four seamers are. Elevated with an with intent, sixty three percent high lock has success with it. It does get hit decently hard. Um, Thirty six percent hard contact is not what you want, um, but I think that's more on the mistakes that he makes. And the changeup is so good. It is it is one of those eye catching changeups that actually you see and you go oh 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 you know twenty three percent swing strike rate last year. 
um, 18% hard contact on it. it. It's a phenomenal offering. And the slider, uh, the slider is interesting to me. I think there are times when he leans too much of it in the zone. 51% uh, zone rate last year for Springs of Slider. But it has a super high strike rate, 67%. I think if he really landed it outside the zone more, you'll see more of that O-swing going up 29% um, right now. You'll see that closer to 35 it has enough movement and has enough action on it to be a bigger whiff pitch. But right now, Jeffrey Springs is really good at destroying right-handers with that changeup. He runs into some trouble against lefties because the slider isn't everything that we want it to be. Um, but for overall, I mean, yeah, I'll start Jeffrey Springs. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm fine pretty much just starting him right now and going from there. I don't think he's going to be a 26% strikeout rate guy, though. I don't think he's going to be close to a 2-5 ERA. But I think you can bank on him being more productive than a lot of the other ones that we just mentioned. Nice. I like it. Mr. Springs. Yeah. I just was wish, a... man, he was a better person. <laughs> Is he not a good person? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very vocal about this. He um I, I don't I don't know. Actually, I don't know much about him. That's fine. Uh I'm That's... I'm very much about the uh no no no. It's not as bad as some other others, but I Considering that all the, the Tampa Bay Rays players um, had the rainbow badge and he went out of his way to not wear it. It's not one of those things of like, hey, do you guys all want to wear it? And he's just and people had to volunteer to wear it. He went out of his way to not wear it. And um, I understand there's there may be some people listening that feel like uh, he did the right thing and all of that. I, I want everybody just to think of the people that don't feel uh, welcome in communities a lot, especially ones that are very uh known for their you know the, the culture that inside of baseball can be very off-putting for people trying to fit in like uh that people they're trying to celebrate for those events and for jeffrey springs to actively showcase that they're not welcome like that does so much damage um and it's so wrong and exactly everything that at pitcher list we stand for is is to include everybody make everyone feel at home and like hey we're all celebrating the sport and we just all love baseball that's all that matters and what springs did is is ostracize and make people feel unwanted um and you know whatever i understand whatever belief he has is one thing but to go out of his way to establish that it, it was selfish um and he doesn't understand the impact that that made and I'm always going to stand against that. So I'm not a fan of Jeffrey Springs. Man. Hey, well said. Well said. He, he, like you said, he went out of his way and not just, um, just tried to meet the moment a little bit. Right. Exactly. Um, he was yeah. like, what I like to say, he was a bag of shit at the moment. <laughs> don't need a curse that gives them. Uh, no, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't give them that. Uh, Oh man! Anyway, did you be have better. any? Be better, Jeffrey Springs. That's all. Did I'm you have say. any? We want to welcome everybody who you yes. know wants to be a part of this. It's so wonderful that people enjoy the same thing that we do. And no way does anyone, uh, for you know, for who they are, should never right. feel ashamed about who they are because you know, everyone's great. Everyone is great. Life is short. Except Jeffrey Springs. <laughs> I wonder right. if Toby knows this because Toby, Toby's a big Jeffrey Springs fan. I, well, I, yeah, after there's there's I, another discussion to be made. It's a, I think it's okay. a very interesting one about, um, you know, I, I mean, I certainly struggle with it a little bit. This is off the book a little, all that kind of stuff. But, um, 
you know what we do rob we're analysts for a uh, for a, a game called fantasy baseball and it's very easy for us to kind of get in this mindset of there's the there there are the the puppets almost that are representations of the real people right mm-hmm. us rostering jeffrey springs on our team and then another team or so that isn't jeffrey springs that is representation of jeffrey springs right um and it can be very difficult you know ethically of myself of saying you know i mean i've personally i'm part of hashtag never bauer i will never draft that man again i want anything to do with him i never want to talk about him any of the podcast anything like that um what is so difficult is the fact that i do know that there are going to be leagues where that player is in there and let's say he plays for a team and does things i me just saying i don't want to talk about that player because i don't i generally don't and i i have such a heavy dislike for him um at the same time you're playing this game where you can't necessarily just ignore the thing if other people are doing this stuff like you can but then the it's this really hard position because the legitimacy of the game regardless of our beliefs of this are being played in a certain way I would hope that you're in a league that all establishes none of us are going to draft that player and we're just going to ignore it. Um, it gets there gets to be these situations of where do you draw the line with stuff? There's there are people who have DV charges that I really try not to be fans of, um, and it's it's really hard to deal with that. So there is on one side a separation of the the puppet player, the representation that is inside the fantasy game. And then me outspoken about it in the world of baseball as the human Jeffrey Springs. And then, okay, they're playing this fantasy game. Whether I like it or not, they're going to do X, Y, and Z, right? It doesn't matter how I feel about it. They are, Jeffrey Springs is going to pitch this year, you know? So should I act on that or not? It's, I don't really have the perfect answer for it. Right. And it's something that I think all of us as analysts are struggling with because, again, there is no real good answer for it. What I think is most important is to articulate how we feel about it and to ensure that it's public knowledge the 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 how these people are being role models and how it's unacceptable um how they act and how we're not okay with that and we're not just going to trivialize it and allow these people in this position of power just to get away with it and be okay and then set that example for other people um, I, I do wonder if there's a middle ground where we can openly acknowledge that. And then I don't want to say carry on, but I, uh, but recognize that there are all these leagues that do, you know, we, we don't be, do a disservice to all these people at the same time. It's so difficult because you're, you can't win as an analyst in that way. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, that's all I have to say, I think about it. Uh, um, and uh, I don't. I haven't quite made my decisions on how I'm fully handling it, but I just want to, yeah, emphasize that that Jeffrey Springs is be better, Jeffrey. That's all. Be better, Jeffrey. Well said, <laughs> Nick. Before uh, we go, Nick, I wanted to ask you. I love your send off to your pod. Did you have any that were? I'm sure you had a list of of possible send offs to the for what? For your for your mayor um mayor for below and your yes. strikeouts yes. high. Yes. Did oh, you, you have like any other than oh, the I'm mix? Glad. Did you I have, have any no idea? It's funny. I love it. Why not? That's fun. Uh, I, oh, no, I mean, I love it. Too. I'm all about that. I'm all about traditions. <laughs> I think that's a really cool thing that I was able to establish with the site. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to hide from it. I mean, I was a Razzball fan. Um, I still am, of course. But I mean, like I read it 
uh, it was my secret weapon, right? Uh, for years. And I love the fact that Gray was so creative and he's such a, I mean, if you guys know Gray Albright, you know how ridiculously creative uh, the man is um, and witty. And he had all these amazing terms that I thought were brilliant. There was a, there's Kazam, which is essentially a closer in a non-safe situation, not doing well because it's a role that's unfamiliar to him, like Shaq as an actor <laughs> in Kazam. And that's so funny. I think that's so good, right? Um, so when I created Picture List, I wanted that. I wanted to, yes, I wanted to mess around with that too, and have these things that made us feel connected as a community. I think that's what Razzball does so well. Um, so that leads to every podcast. I try and say what is happening. Those are the first three words I say on everything I go on. Right? I try to at least. And if I don't, then I eventually say it in the first like ten seconds. Um, and so when I realized I didn't have theme music for the plus pitch podcast. Um, I didn't, I was like, Oh man, what am I going to do? Uh, and like, I could have theme music, but honestly, like, do you really need theme music? <laughs> you know, at first I thought everyone needed to have theme is you got to have that. I'm like, but do you though? <laughs> like, what's the point? What, what, what is, what is the need for it? You know, uh, you just go into the podcast. Everyone's really happy. It starts there. You are, you know, and it ends and like, you're done. Um, so then I had to like have a sign off because like it's it's important to have a sign off to have like a rhythm a routine it sounds more professional if you have the thing. So I did for uh, for first pitch podcast I had something different. I had my name is Nick Pollock and that is everything you need to know. That was what I had before. The hard and that I, too. The hard that I like the lean. Uh, hard, yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> is everything you need to know. And you gotta say that last part as fast as you can, right? It's yep. like a really fun part to it, right? But yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I, I really enjoy. I think actually the one element fast that I can be better at is I want to get to a point, especially with the Nick and Alex baseball show of us having legitimate segments that are like, you know, I have wild thoughts, at least and wild thoughts. I love fast is like, I got none. That's the joke of it, which is actually, I think, kind of fun. But I love things like that constantly. Right. Um, so. So, yeah, so it's I so. <laughs> I don't know. I just I eventually came up with "May your babs be low and your strikeouts high," which is so funny because I always struggle saying the word "babbit." Yeah. You gotta really like open your mouth for it, <laughs> and I don't do that. I have a very lazy tongue. So when and "May your babbits be low," it's oh, babbits be low. It's yeah. annoying. Yeah, yeah. But yeah that's yeah. just what I did, <laughs> and uh, eventually it got to that. So I'm glad you enjoy the the outro of it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's it's one of those things that you just got to do it enough until some people like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I it, it's there. you know yes. everyone has their thing, you know. Uh, Bubba always, and you know, like that's how he comes in, and yeah. you know, and you know, and Derek and Derek will do it that row, and 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 there, um, and Ina goes, thanks for listening, you know, just throws it in there, nice, yeah, and, right, right, you know, and Toby's got the behind one another so everyone's got their thing and i love that i love listening to everyone's little uh you know saying that's episode 366 of on the corner podcast my name is Alex fast <laughs> and i'm nick pollock and we'll talk to you guys next week right like that's just whatever you know you yep. just gotta have it it's so fun to feel like it. yeah i've got my thing you know so why not come up with it what's yours what do you got my intro i don't have anything what the heck just talk I, I, about this. I know, I know. That's I. I have to establish a better. Uh, oh man! All right, use you got to use the word poll. Let's pull you in, or whatever it is. Like let's, you know, like whatever. Just you got this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do some homework on yeah. that. I get. Yeah, I gotta step my game up with that. 
That's it. We, on the podcast, we don't go oppo. Like I did with uh, Nabs. I always have now the first line is the Nick and Alex baseball show where, and I come up with some tagline for that show. Uh, yes, when you have to like, describe that's the, yeah, I just gotta come the picture up with that. to a cereal or uh, the oh, well, soda. that's 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 the tier. Yeah, that's that, a, yeah, that's yeah, the tier yeah, that's the tier. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's funny. <laughs> that's the funniest thing. Because I'm listening, when, I'm like, how did these guys do this on the? <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. I have, a, I have a weird, I have a wild, weird mind, and I, I, what's, I, fun, I get what's fun with that is that it like allows me to just be that thing, and fast just embraces it. I'm like, thank God, fast, because I think it's just so stupid, so stupid at times when I come up with. And he's like, no, this is good. I'm like, great, good. It's just like whatever the mind just goes to. You just latch onto whatever the direction it goes. Um, and as someone with ADHD, there's a lot more things, I think. So <laughs> it helps. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Nick, thank you for joining me. This has been awesome. Um, I, think oh, we man. Did, I think we did really well here with actionable advice. I'm happy with the length of it too. It's exactly what I was thinking. Well, this I'm is like, what I said is that's going to be the longest podcast ever. Me and you combined, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got to get four in here and then all of a sudden we have a six hour one, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm only excited now because I'm going to get to hear your outro. I get okay. to hear it now. Are yeah, you ready? So you do you to... have one? I don't do it on the pod. I do it when I do. You do it when you do it off. Yeah. Can you do it yeah. for me on the pod this time? Um, <laughs> You're not going to like it though. That's the I, well, uh, well then make it one that I'll like. <laughs> Oh, I can. It's a signature <laughs> one. Everyone else liked it. Oh, you're like, oh, that, then, I, then I'll like it. Why would I like it then, Rob? Of because I I'll curse. Like That's why. Oh, oh. No, All right, is. I'll let you do it. That's your thing. I'm not. This isn't my podcast. That's yours. It you're going to curse, and that's fine. You're going to do not a big curse. Like I said, it's a curse. Well, like everybody says, listening. Be kind to one another. I I'm said, s- don't be a bag of shit. That's what you say in the outro? Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because it's Oh, simple. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, yep, that's fine. That's fine. I'm okay with that. It's, a, it's just a simple piece of advice in That's life, great. like you're saying, with every spring. Just don't yeah. be a bag of shit. Hey, my, my, my fifth mantra in life is don't suck. So I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Um, by much. the way, everybody, PitchCon, two weeks. Come by. Boom. It's free. PitchOS.com slash PitchCon. Uh, be there uh, 11 a.m. on January 25th through 28th. It's going to be 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time. 100% this year is going to charity. 100% to the ALS Association. Pitchless not taking any of it. Uh, so help us reach our $10,000 goal. It's 44 hours of baseball content for free. There's also prizes to win from subscriptions, the merch, and all these fun stuff. Just be there. It's the best four days, um, and you get to hear all about PLV. So uh, come on by January 25th, uh, 11 a.m. sharp on that Wednesday through Saturday. Because I know you're going to watch football on Sunday. I get it. No, I get it. What's football? I haven't watched yeah, the football I know. game. I, all know. Year. I haven't watched the playoffs in the nah. next day. It's so stupid. Yeah. So it's, stupid. There's better things to do on Saturdays. Than Saturdays. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Amen. All right. Take that. us out, Rob. No, I just wanted to say, yes, everyone do the pitch con thing. Go to pitcher list, support. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm also going to be donating a prize. Uh, per se draft with the pull hitter do a draft with the pull hitter beautiful yeah yeah throwing it out there but um i can't wait to get involved i know you extended the offer to me last year and i just had so much stuff going on in my life and i couldn't even think about baseball so um i'm happy to get out there and um mix it up with everyone it's super fun because you know in 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 the chat seeing in the the covid is good too in the covid year it was like the thing that brought life 
yeah. to everybody. You know, it, it was, was like it was great. It was really, really uh, cool. it was just I just remember being, you know, holed up and just that was such a an escape from everything. And it was just so great. It was just so great to observe that and just like really. I learned so much. Every every panel, you just just listen in, give everyone the support. Yeah, in the chat because the chats are like fireside chats going on. It in a in you know, and it's just so much fun stuff. Especially when Johnny L was up there for um presenting. Everyone was saying the funniest things. Like, who the hell is this guy? He's a oh, riot. And Michael, and Michael Govier too. And Govier, Michael yeah. Govier's presentation last year. By the way, you can look at all these on YouTube on our Patreon yep. account. We're all available. Um, check those out if you want to see previous years. But yeah, it's going to be really fun. Then we got the launch of PL8 on February 7th after that. Oh boy. We have, a, we have a new subscription this year that you're going to probably want to be interested in, Ram. Mm-hmm. It's called PL Pro. PL and, Pro. Uh, yeah. Lots, okay. of, lots of new things coming. So we'll this tell you about exciting. that. Exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thank so. you so much, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And don't be a bag of shit. <laughs>